And tonight, you can squelch the critics. You can silence everybody by defeating the legend Bret the Hitman Hart. Let me do something real simple, even with you and a bad hair dude, that you can even understand this. We'll play Connect the Dots. Figure this out, Brett! Sean beat you! Yeah, Sean beat you. And I beat Sean like a dog. So how easy will it be for me? Just Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Tax Williams. What an intro. That's better than the one I got for Lockhorn Wrestling. <laughs> Although, in fairness, Dan Wright, the uh, the VIP of MCs, did a blinding job uh, this past Wednesday at Lockhorns Wrestling. And I suppose we can return, but to back saying, your friend, professional wrestler, Tax Williams. Hey, let's go. I'm not going to change the intro, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, How are tough, you? Man. So, yeah, I- I'm good. Uh, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting the last few weeks, isn't it? We've had a lot going on. But um, the point being that you, you did wrestling this week. Oh, it was... Uh, a wondrous return to wrestling where our friend of the show, Van Wicked, left the debut Lockhorn Wrestling show as Lockhorn Wrestling Heavyweight Champion with some assist from his long-term friend and tag team partner, Tax Williams. So uh, yeah, the Wicked Inc. boys are back on top of professional wrestling. But um, I mentioned before we recorded, I almost didn't make it to the show. <laughs> I said I didn't make it to the show because... God bless one of the people who I work for for not giving me the information I needed until the day of, you bastards. But you also did not nearly make it to the show. What happened? Well, the prior week. So luckily, uh, and this is the most important thing about professional wrestling, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are training or returning to the ring or you've been out for a while. Um, obviously, me and Van Wicked have been doing a little bit of training, a bit of chain behind the scenes in the dojo down in Dover. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lockhorns Wrestling have kindly got sort of a training space on Wednesday evenings down in Margate, Kent. Uh, if you're interested, message them on Facebook. And re- genuinely, I-, I put this caveat in here now. Genuinely, it was I was going above my own capabilities to try and do some stuff, um, and I ended up um, spiking myself. My neck made Ooh. a horrendous noise—the sort of noise that makes you feel sick when you hear it. And uh, so I know that you've got neck injuries. I've had a few neck injuries myself over the years, rugby orientated mostly. So uh, I, I know exactly what that feels like. It's fucking awful, isn't it, my friend? However, so the first couple of days after that, I mean, I went home after that training session. I said to my wife, I was like, I'm being so stupid doing wrestling. <laughs> I, I went home and I was like, what am I doing? In my actual day job, I am excelling in what i do i'm i like to think arrogantly i'm very good at what i do i'm on the cusp of something very 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 good in my day job my daughter is now five she's still not sleeping through the night but she can tell me what is wrong and she's a (laughs) dick but she's my dickhead child and i love spending time with her and i'm i'm getting to do fun with the podcast with you and we get to do it in person i'm getting to do lots of warhammer stuff which is lovely why am I risking hurting myself permanently 
So I'm all I'm quite upset Wednesday night. I'm quite disappointed. Thursday came, I ache like an absolute mother, and I was like, I might have to message them to go. I can't do it. But then I was like, well, you're on the poster. You're booked. You've got to work the show. Then I noticed something which was quite incredible. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. I probably have. So apologies repeating myself. When I was younger, a lot younger, like my granddad was an osteopath. And for some reason, my granddad thought there was something wrong with my neck. So he lay me on his table and he cricked my neck and it made a horrible noise. And from that day, my head didn't look in a straight line. My neck was looked slightly to the left. Not much, but if I had to look straight, <laughs> I would. my neck would get tense because I'd obviously be turning my neck in one direction that I shouldn't be. How's this never come up before? But okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure, sure I mentioned it. I'm sure. No, I've, I've never heard this. <laughs> yeah. Well, but anyway, I tell you what. Like, I sit here wait, now. Wait, we're skipping over that. Like, your granddad snapped your neck. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! He's he's an osteopath, so it was fine. He's an osteopath, so it's okay. fine. I'm sh- right, I'm sure right. in the olden days it was all fine. And this would have been Come in the eight- boy. <laughs> and this would have been in the eighties when it's okay to abuse children and wring their necks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but anyway. So, um, but as Saturday came, I was like, the most incredible thing is I'm still just bruised from a couple of weeks ago. My elbows, my neck feels great. And genuinely, like I sit to you now, as I look towards the screen, I'm like, my head's facing the right way and it doesn't hurt my neck to move. In a way, I've accidentally given myself corrective neck adjustment <laughs> by landing on my head. I'm not going to do that ever again. And, it, and to be completely honest, in all seriousness, I don't have many matches left in me. I've seen the wrestlers who are, and I say this like, oh, I've seen these wrestlers coming in now. My last match was in, well, my last non-Rumble match, because, you know, obviously I transitioned to commentary. I did a few bits. I think my last actual in-ring match was in 2019. Okay. So I've done Rumbles and Battle Royals because then I'd go off and do commentary, which is great fun. But being in the ring with um vicious and delicious who's uh antler dash and hitman for hire the way they work great names every time they say it, i'm just like it's <laughs> great good old vicious and delicious being in the ring with those guys and tagging with uh jack voltage who's like in his early 20s now like just seeing I mean, how some f- good names there weren't there but but seeing Love you, jack not that you're ever gonna listen to this but yeah it's just a joke mate don't worry but seeing how f- like fluid all three of those guys were in the ring, and I'm like clunky comedy wrestler. It's like I've I've got a few things left to achieve, and I'm going to try and do them in Lockhorn Wrestling. I still want to do a European booking because I haven't done that. But I think the main thing I took out of this is that that Wednesday, the in-ring content, like that tag match, so much fun. I think the adrenaline got the best of me. Like my entrance with all the confetti cannons, when I stood on the apron, no tag ropes, Lockhorn Wrestling, get tag ropes. I'm a tag team specialist now, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I stood on the apron and I was like, oh, fuck me. My lungs feel tight. I'm guest for just walking around the ring. The adrenaline <laughs> from doing the entrance, like it was like an overload of it. So I had to like calm myself down a bit before the, like, the match started. I was like, wow, what a great feeling. But the nice thing was, and, and, Again, I don't know if it's me or it's a sign of my age or my confidence in what I can do. It was nice not to feel nervous still. I never used to feel nervous about wrestling. I always felt excited and confident. 
Um, I did spend quite a lot of the pre-show going around and people like, oh, are you looking forward to it? And I was like, hate wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, if wrestling could just be entrances and shenanigans, I'm all in. I mean, I don't see why it can't be, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, control your narrative. Yeah, fucking heck. But yeah, so it was it was good to be back in the ring. And also last week we couldn't record a podcast. <laughs> Imagine that's what that promotion ends up. Broad Strowman comes to the ring and just goes, Ooh yeah, that a good <laughs> <laughs> just heads to the back. So funny. I'd buy I'd buy it. I'd be all over yeah, it. I, I totally him and EC three just like humping each other for ten minutes or something. I don't know. But um, it's only fans, isn't it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. But I was gonna say, and, and the reason we didn't do a podcast last week is because with my my day job, we had our first team get together since the pandemic at Wembley Stadium yeah it's one of the many reasons we didn't do a podcast we were also doing this one remotely because my kid has chicken box just so everyone knows uh so if the audios are slightly different there you go that's why but Wembley Stadium the first time you've been there in a long time in it <laughs> well I, re- I refused to go when it was Tottenham's home ground because it wasn't a home ground um sure. and, then, and then getting to you know we won what, an FA Cup year, <laughs> that year by the way just so you know <laughs> in that stadium whatever win your game in hand and we'll talk later <laughs> We've got 13. No, we've got 14 FA Cups now. About seven of those are in the last 10 years. How you doing? Got a League Cup and a cheese room. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you but, um, won the league in black and white. Sorry, <laughs> not football. Carry on. But um, yeah, you wait till we get into the Warhammer part of the podcast. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about wrestling here anymore. <laughs> but we... um. So yeah, getting to go to Wembley, wandering around the dressing rooms, the tunnel, got to sit in the media room. That was all quite interesting. And um, the interesting factoid I learned from the Wembley Stadium tour, when they hosted the Olympic Games there in a stadium, we'll get to a stadium because there's a link to a WWE thing here. Don't worry, there is a planned transition. It's in my notes because I'm a professional. I was wondering where you were going with this, but yeah, <laughs> go on, carry on. Wembley Stadium. Um, they've got the Olympic Games uh, hosted in the old Wembley where you had the the, uh, the, you know, the towers and everything. Sure. And it was supposed to go, I think it was to Finland for the next Olympics. Like, oh, it's, Apologies if that's wrong. It's somewhere in Scandinavia the Olympics were going to after they went at Wembley. So this was before London 2012. Mm. Anyway, the whole rule is that you have the Olympic flag and then you then hand it on to the next country. However, London lost the flag Awesome. So there had to be a new one created. And it's only when they knocked down the old Wembley Stadium, they found it in a drawer. Nice. <laughs> so it's on display at Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium, where 30 years ago this summer, we had the greatest pay-per-view of all time, with the greatest match of all time, with the greatest fan interaction of all time. SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley Stadium. And 30 years later they're returning to a stadium show to not do SummerSlam at the Principality in Wales. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, until I, I, I saw the announcement and was like, oh my God, it's SummerSlam at Wembley and the genius holds the key. <laughs> you know? I was like, Wait, hang on, it's not Wembley. It's in fucking Cardiff. <laughs> That's a whole other country. <laughs> Firstly, an amazing stadium. But yeah, yeah, it's in Cardiff. That's a long fucking way to go. Then I realized it wasn't actually fucking SummerSlam. It's not even probably a major pay-per-view. It's probably going to be, you know, insurrection, rebellion, bullshit, or whatever. Yeah, my, my want to go became a lot less very quickly. And like literally, I think I told you this. 
I work for WrestleTalk, obviously. And there was a meeting where one of the people at the company went, oh, are you guys all going to go to the the, the, the the Wells Cardiff WF show, WE show? Oh, look at me, I'm so old. And Ollie just went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that's my man. But like, you got to bet, when AEW eventually now announced that Wembley Arena show or Craven Cottage, wherever the fuck they end up doing it, you better believe we'll all fucking be there. Hell yeah. I've already I've already got my pile of money saved away in a ring fenced account yeah. for I've got the a bunch of credit tickets. cards. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, mate, I've got you. I've got you for this. But yeah, it's and that's the thing. When you're thinking that WWE will properly ham up entertainment here, they we, we'll end up with something like um Gunter versus Finn Balor, if he's still in the company. I'd enjoy that very much. Yeah. Good to see that Pretty Deadly have the tag straps, so they'll be there. That's good to see those boys. We saw those at PAX uh you know, open the dragon, um, yep. open the Dreamgate belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, they were on that show and they were really, really good. Really good. It's such a shame they have a um, you know connection to Sid Scarlet, but we'll ignore that because they are good at wrestling and he's a cunt. Yep. Um, in my personal opinion, not the views of the World of Wrestling podcast or my. Opinion. No, no, in the views of the World of Wrestling podcast, <laughs> definitively. <laughs> fuck that guy, Jesus. But um, yeah. I'd like, like multiple go- stories of him being an absolute tosspot. Like, <laughs> let's just say it. Fuck it. Who cares? But the um, the the concept of going to a WWE show with a group of mates, I like that idea. I like the idea of going to shows. But then there's Mate, my if big- it's if it's London and it's a pay per view like Wembley Stadium or let's say even the O2 or Cardiff or, or sorry not Cardiff um blah, 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 Wembley Arena or whatever you know like a decent like. 30,000 sort of job like yeah I'd totally be in if oh, it's what? like a, White a Hot stadium Lane. show <clears throat> yeah, to be honest yeah really beautiful stadium looks like a toilet from above but you know <laughs> tickets to the cheese room <laughs> <laughs> but as in terms of just like a viewing experience sitting on those giant banks would be fucking incredible I imagine um, but like traveling the, the five six hours to Cardiff having to then park and everything else and bloody blah let alone the cost of the tickets involved like it, it's, it's just a little bit more than i'd be willing to do at this point in my life you know yeah i mean just so you know i have pre-booked two hotel rooms for cardiff for a couple of days either side of the event with free cancellation so i probably will cancel those but it's one of those how much are the tickets and how much do i actually want wait, to wait, wait 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 have you actually yeah, of course I have. Because if it turns out to be an absolute banging Are card, we going? I'll go if you're going to bet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's I'll have like, your hotel room. Yeah, fuck you. I'm coming with you if you're going. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's one of those things. That, My tone changed pretty quickly, didn't it? <laughs> free trip to Wales? Yes, please. But the, um, the, it, I'm only half kidding. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, that. that's part of the fun. Like, I, I sat there and thought, the wrestling event itself, like the match quality, would be good. The storyline build up to it would be shit. I have no interest in that whatsoever. And considering it will probably be main evented by Drew McIntyre versus Tyson Fury to pop mm. a media rating. Yeah, sure, sure. Then I have no interest in watching Tyson Fury versus Drew McIntyre in the main event. But what I do have interest in is traveling down to Wales with people like you, Van Wicked, and basically just having time away from my family with my friends <laughs> sure sure everyone I mean, needs their own time granted sure. like my my whole concept still is i'll bring a wi-fi dongle and we'll rent a canal boat and we'll just watch it on a boat and just go down a canal and stop at pubs and have plowmans that's what i really want to do sure i know a bloody good hotel right near the stadium in wales if you if you haven't booked one but you have right 
yeah, yeah. It's it's just you know, it's, it's a cheap, it's a cheap and cheerful Ritz. I mean, um, the <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a place to put your yacht, you know, in the bay. Yeah, it's just the Four Seasons. That's what I do. Sure, sure. Delightful. But um, Cardiff's got a Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Can't remember up in the world since they just had the sheds there. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about. I, I'm a bit Welsh. I can say that it's fine. <laughs> But talking about SummerSlam in Wembley, only four and a the half... The genius holds the key, behold the future champion of the Brothers Beverly. I can't say it without saying it. Go on. But only four and a bit years later, four and a half years later, well, actually four, four and a bit years later, mm. we are in WWE. It's 1996. We are live on pay-per-view. Could you sound a little bit more enthused? <laughs> well... You say, can I sound a little bit more enthused? You know, we're in Florida. We should be having a nice crowd. It's the 15th of December. In your house. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to ruin our marketing because Sean won't put over Vader. (laughs) Sure, sure. So, yeah. This show is called It's Time. It's In Your House 12, the Bruce Buffer edition I'm going with. (laughs) I love it. But yeah, so so was this called It's Time because it was meant to be Vader and Sean? That was the plan, yeah. right? The whole plan was going to be Vader and Sean. It's all built around Vader. It's time. And this was supposed to be Sean putting Vader over for the belt. So yeah, this so the narrative in the background, you know, it was a name that, and everything was chosen around the plans to have Vader be WWE champion. But around this time, Sean refused to drop the belt to Vader uh, before losing it to Sid instead. And yeah, they sure. didn't bother changing the title of the show because... Well, they've already marketed it. Of course. So we are in West Palm Beach Auditorium in West Palm Beach, Florida, USA. Uh, man, headline, Florida. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we've got 9,649 people. Uh, commentary tonight is by Jim Ross, Vincent Man, Jerry Lawler, and <clears throat> the main event also has a certain gentleman on commentary who is shitting on everyone but himself Ooh, in Shawn out, Michaels. Very quickly, out of interest, what did you say your attendance was? Uh, 9,649. Because for some reason, my attendance is 5,708. Oh, interesting. That's like half. Yeah. Uh, maybe Did you get your, uh, yours from Cage Match? Yeah. Oh. Maybe I wrote numbers wrong. I tend to do things like that. No, I no, no, no. I, I, again, <laughs> I, I, I might have screwed them down wrong, but it's, I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> interesting. I mean, it's one of the most interesting things That's on right. the show we can discuss about the, the attendance. It's... Time. <laughs> Dodo F. Nineteen ninety-six. Attendance. I can spell. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, let's see what Wikipedia says. Wikipedia says five thousand seven hundred eight. Interesting. Uh, Pro wrestling fandom says nine thousand six hundred forty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> so no one fucking knows is the answer. So okay. Above 5,000, below 10. Not a great gate for a WWE pay-per-view. Yeah, it it looked more like five. It looked tiny. Yeah, not a big arena at all. I wasn't a fan of this whole layout of this show. It it has the in-your-house set, which I fucking adore. Yeah, great. It's it's on a kink off to the side like WrestleMania 14 and the last pay-per-view we did in WrestleMania um, 12, obviously. Um, But yeah, it's a weird layout almost. It doesn't look quite right for some reason. I can't quite put my finger on it. And if you didn't know it was an in-your-house show, because a lot of the in-your-house shows, it's iconic because of that stage setting. 
because it was set off to the side you a lot of the time i didn't clock it i yeah well that's one of the things i like about the in your house shows it's like you know it's in your house even when nxt bought it back it was like this is delightful but something just felt a bit off about the show the building looked really dingy it looked very weathered on the inside it was very dark for a wwe presentation yeah it, it just looked bleak major technical fuck-ups at times as well <laughs> well vince gets that on commentary doesn't he <sighs> yeah sure so um but before we jump into it um quickly what happened between raw october 21st and now uh, hbk and sid have started feuding sean has dropped the belt to sid at survivor series right yep uh, and pillman's got a gun that's the bits we've missed <laughs> Do you want to know what's happening on WCW the day after this show? What that was going to be my next question. Oh, what's happening in WCW and ECW, tax? So interestingly, WCW the day after on December the 16th, um, this was held at the Pensacola Civic Center in Pensacola, Florida. Nice. So they're Everyone all in Flow Riders Grill. <laughs> oh no, that's horrible. <laughs> okay. So opening match. Absolute blinder, Lord Steven Regal defending the WCW World Television title, beating Psychosis in 11 minutes. I bet that was great fun. Ugly fucking belt, though, but yeah. I can tell you what wasn't a great match. Big Bubba Rogers defeated Chavo. <laughs> the right person At least won. Chavo lost, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho defeated um, Masahiro Chono by DQ. Are you ready for a name drop that you're not going to be probably haven't mentioned this podcast before Dean Malenko defended the WCW World Cruiserweight Championship against David Sammartino David Sammartino as in Sammartino's son yep his father was well yep and he's uh, he's the son of Bruno wow Ice Train with Teddy Long defeated Jerry Flynn (laughs) let's go Rey Mysterio defeated Bobby Eaton. This one bothered me. Kevin Sullivan, with known racist Jimmy Hart, defeated Arn Anderson. Rick with Scott Steiner versus Sting ended in a no contest. And then the match we've all wanted with this gimmick going on, it was the face of fear, the barbarian, Heyman, Heyman, taking on the outsiders of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Heyman. Right, okay. Elsewhere on this show, some other segments occur. So they were the matches. Scott Hall's on this show as well. It's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The opening segment was uh, Bischoff and uh, Million Dollar Man with Vincent um, approaching the broadcast booth and took over commentary duties from Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco. Uh, Moments later, Bischoff reviewed footage of Piper challenging Hogan for the WCW title and then Bischoff was had loads of objects thrown at him by the crowd. Um, they showed footage of uh, three weeks earlier, apparently, Big Bubba defeating Scott Steiner after Sting attacked Rick Steiner, followed by the announcement that Steiner would face Sting on this show. Uh, they announced that Jeff Jarrett, Diamond Dallas Page, Scott Norton, Lex Luger, Eddie Guerrero, and Michael Wall Street would be part of WCW Saturday Night. And that the tag team championships would compete in the tag team champions of Hall and Nash would compete in a handicap match. There's a footage of Ric Flair giving uh, Roddy Piper his support, saying that Piper would beat Hogan. What a surprise! Flair's backing Piper, not Hogan. Um, 
We've got footage of Piper attacking Bischoff. And Piper's with Kevin Green. Yay. Yeah, let's go. Mean Gene Oakland interviews everyone. In the back. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Mean Gene Oakland interviews everyone. Of course he does. Uh, this is the time. So he's um he's in the aisle. So he's doing like the Ric Flair in the aisle spot with Arn Anderson, um, Mongo and Deborah. Um Benoit and Woman are in Germany at this time, apparently. Deborah alleged that Benoit had hit on her. And she doesn't go for the boys. Interesting. Da, da, da. But anyway, there's lots of other shit. Uh, I genuinely like there's notes and notes and notes of things that don't matter. But in ECW on hardcore TV that was unsurprisingly held at the ECW arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, two-match card, as you'd expect for hardcore TV, mm-hmm. Taz defeated Rob Van Dam. Bet that was really fun. And Francine and Shane Douglas defeated Beulah and Tommy Dreamer. Dude, ECW sound, every week sounds like a shitload of fun. That sounds like a great show for an hour, you know? Well, it's in their uh, peak, the, isn't it? It's in their peak yeah, with their exactly. with their storytelling. You know, if you've got the you've got the the um the Shane Douglas and Dreamer, this is leading into the what do you make of that, Dreamer? I'll have them both. I'm hardcore. Ah, uh, lesbianums. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And the NWO the, the started WCW to get traction. Yeah, the WCW show sounded weird. Like, you know, you've got Rick Steiner and Sting. You're like, huh? Why? <laughs> There's lots of kind of like, okay, that's, that name's interesting. What are they doing? Oh, all right, okay. You know, like, it's never never got the logic that like WF or ECW seems to have. Like, those consistent, these are the guys you want to see interacting, having good views. I think that was always WCW's problem around this sort of time, you know? Yeah, but that's what they're countering. So we've still got the NWO. So we've got the Outsiders. Mm. Obviously, we've got the NWO because we've got, you know, Million Dollar Man, Bischoff, Vincent. If you want to hear our NWO series, go back and listen to it in the, our archives at worldwrestlingpodcast.com. Again, uh, like, <laughs> it sounds like quite fun, apart from you have to include bloody Vincent. <laughs> it's like, why? But we're still in Flow Rider. It's, it's time. It's Sid's Are you time. Do that Flow Rider. I'm going to use this word briefly. Joke. Every time we talk about Florida, <laughs> it's WWE. He's him and Pitbull, okay. one or two, are all over WWE. Okay. Just every time we say Flow Rider, it makes me cringe a little bit. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> just, you can either be a good friend here or a shit friend. Shit friend could be funnier. <laughs> I'm I be mean, <laughs> got those apple bottom <laughs> jeans. And I've got those boots with the fur, with the whole club <laughs> looking at her. She okay, so it's time. Uh, <laughs> 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 so again like we don't have everything at this time like remember they had like three weeks of raw they recorded last week and had like 10 dark matches we've got a bunch of dark stuff happening uh Brackus versus dr x is a dark match on this <laughs> show dr x I, I have no idea uh, i'm not even gonna look it up fuck it there's also seemed to be a match cut from the network which i thought at first but actually it seems to have been like on a pre-show which is salvatore sincere oh salvatore sincere oh yeah who's that Who's that? Oh, he's, he, he was just like a, a, a heel ponce um, in the oh. early 90s. I love that I called him sincerely, like I was trying to be Italian. <laughs> uh, so Salvatore, was it Torre? Salvatore Sincere. Okay, Salvatore Sincere with Jim Cornette, by the way, uh, versus uh, Rocky Maivia and Rocky won, because Vince tells us later in the night on commentary that Rocky won. So there we go. 
Uh, still not getting uh, much TV time there, Rock. But, you know, young face hasn't turned heel yet. Got die, Rocky, there, die. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, post-show, so after the main event, we had a couple of matches. Uh, we had a dark match between Steve Austin versus Goldust. Why the fuck wasn't that on the show, Tax? Because <laughs> Steve Austin... Didn't Goldust have another really weird dark match after Raw the other month? Was it him and The Undertaker who had a dark uh, match? I think it was, yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. And we also also had uh, Mankind, McFoley with Paul Bearer versus Shawn Michaels. <laughs> like, why the fuck aren't these on the show? It would have made this so much better. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? So, you know, we've we've had some good shows so far on this, um, this run to Montreal. Mm. This whole show, other than the end bit, which is obviously the reason why we're here, yeah. and... Ahmed Johnson's promo <laughs> and the technical difficulties. <laughs> There's nothing really much to shout home about, but let's run our way through it. But okay. yeah, I, I, I agree, by the way. This is the first one that I went, God, it's been going on a bit, isn't it? <laughs> it's less than two hours. <laughs> okay, so WF Blood for the Blood God opening stinger. <laughs> right? The lovely dark rouge. It's beautiful. Khan the Betrayal uh, would have been elated. <laughs> The World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years. The revolutionary force in sports entertainment. It's lovely stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. I tried to do a, like an announcer voice there. And it actually hurt the back of my throat. Fuck. Uh, opening video package in black and white with dramatic cuts spliced in. Voiced over by one of the heroes or is he, of this story, Brett the Hitman Hart. For the longest time, I've thought about one thing, being the World Wrestling Federation champion again and again and again. There's these dramatic pink and black kind of filter video cuts. What did you think about them? Again, WWE production values for their videos. I loved this because already you've set the scene. Brett wants his belt. He's transitioning to not give a shit about really what the fans... He's focused on, I want the belt. I'm going to do anything to get my belt back. Sure. It's really funny in that during this time period, I don't know if you found this, but almost every episode we've done so far, you know, like Brett and Sean have narratives they're meant to be telling. Every time they go to talk about them, like Doc Hendricks or Vince or whoever will be like, what do you think about Psycho Zid? What do you think about the Bulldog or whatever it is, right? And they'll go, Shawn Michaels, fuck you! <laughs> and then talk about Sid, you know? Or they'll go, Bret Hart, you stupid prick! And then talk about Bulldog, you know? So it's every time like we go into something where it isn't just Sean and Bret, and we've got Sid involved here with Bret, obviously, this time. There's this element of like, you can see Brett just want to go, oh, but I want to talk about Sean. I really want to talk about Sean. So I, I, I'm the fans are also here. <laughs> it's sort of thing for poor Brett. <laughs> so Brett continues. Sure, Psycho Sid is six foot nine, but I can promise you one thing. You can't you teach will... that. <laughs> <laughs> you will be excellently executed by the best there is the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Brett slaps hands with the fans in this footage. More dramatic pink and black filter video cuts. I, and he finishes by going, I want one thing. I want that title, and you're standing in my way. 
right? Before we talk about it, the package continues, but we now cut to the Sid segment, which is edited the same way with Sid doing a voiceover. And Sid goes, Softball, long ball, hit home run. I can't understand a fucking word Sid says in any of his promos. It's so funny because he shouts. And then he's really, really quiet. And he's really quiet. And he goes, Ah, you fish, you fish, you fish. It's so like, funny. He's like a more amped up version of that Far Show character where he goes, Ah, he's very drunk. There's like five promos tonight, all of Sid. I didn't catch a fucking word in any of them. It's so good. I think I, I just basically wrote Anchorman. Loud noises in my notes on most of the promos. <laughs> Oh, Sid is so good, man. Oh, like I've always kind of rated Sid. I think more than he the looks average the part, doesn't does. he? Exactly, it's so scary. And like, I love the promo. I love the name, apart from the spelling of Psycho. But we can talk about that later. Um, but his promos, God, like his promos were never like this in the olden days where I remember watching Sid. Not when he was Sid Justice with the yeah, blue yeah, trunks, exactly. But like 96 Sid, fucking hell, man. Like the pr- worst promos, like really awful. Um, uh, here's the title card. It's super simple. White text on black background. Uh, it just says, it's time. And then we get like some generic funky intro music, which is like, wait, what? <laughs> it's so awful. And off sunny comes in. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he was on this show. It might have been interesting, you know? Anyway. Uh, but there's this kind of. I think he spelled the word for horny wrong. <laughs> Back to all. 90, 96, Sonny's like, yeah, okay. 97, 98, Sonny. Woo, baby. Well, anyway, 96, so, Sonny is the one because we get the we get the the quote about her later in the um later in the show, don't we? Did you not catch this? I'll say it now, in, so I don't because I I remember it. I didn't write the note down. On this show. On this show, yeah. What was the line about Sunny? I didn't catch that. They showed a picture of Sunny in a white top and that she was AOL's number one female search in 1996. Ah, I remember this was a thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know, 96, she's doing the weird... Is that with the weird promos with Sean or is that 97? I think it comes into 97 because she's getting notoriety in the mainstream press because obviously she's the number one AOL search. I think the prior year from memory was Gillian Anderson. <laughs> Fair. I definitely because I sat that there I'm... and kept on pressing Control C, Control V, <laughs> enter, 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 enter. I think I'm looking at this from a perspective of when I started watching wrestling and acknowledging the fact Sunny exists. Almost, you know what I mean? Because I didn't know she existed prior to this. Not like you know. Anyway, um, but there's uh, this ear piercing, like horrible feedback squealing sound as they bring cut to Vince, and it's Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Uh, like I'm trying to listen to Vince Welcome to the show, but my ears are ringing for this one. I can hear a fucking thing. Wasn't good. Wasn't good from no. a WWE. And the thing is, you'd think on the network they tidy up production. Yeah, I guess at this level you can't cut it because it's Vince welcoming us to the show. It's like the first thing you see with the pyro and everything else. I guess you could cut it and just add some generic music in, like they've done to a bunch of stuff. But yeah, mute the audio. I guess it's historical records almost at this point. You know, they fucked it up live. Why not show it? You know, I'm all right with it. Yeah, 
it's not a great start. Speaking of which, Spooty Pyro kicks in. We cut to a poorly lit Vince King and JR sit in a ringside. It looks proper Britress. Uh, after a bit of back and forth, wait, mm, that could be interpreted as something else. It won't be Brit. <laughs> it won't be Brit rest because none of the commentators are actually wearing suit jackets. They're just wearing fucking high tops and t-shirts, thinking they're part of the show rather than the storytellers. Yeah, true. Fucking Brit rest commentators, do your fucking job. <laughs> after a bit of back and forth about Brit versus Sid in the main event, the lights finally pan up on the commentators. I'm like, Jesus, this is not off to a good start, boys. Yeah, um, call your local cable provider (laughs) for this. Mm, It really is. Um, So we've got the in-your-house set, as we've talked about previously. If you don't know what that is, it's like a big lounge with a big like front window screen and there's a front door that you can walk through and all this sort of shit. Well, not necessarily walk through, be thrown through if you're like, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels or Foley, I guess. If you're doing it properly, you should be going through the window. If you're main event, you're going through the window. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, so we're with the uh, the red, white, and blue ropes around the ring. We've got the light blue canvas still, black ring skirts, but one little development. We now have black new gen turnbuckles, mm. not the blue ones. So we are putting some effort in to uh, creating this new look, you know, not the old kind of golden era WF. We're not into the attitude area, obviously, but at least it's matching a bit better this week. Yeah, it's just a shame. I know, obviously, the red, white, and blue ropes were still sort of quite important on their pay-per-views, but with the mm. black ring skirts, black t- black ring posts, black turnbuckle covers, and these ring these ring ropes, it was like, and, and obviously like the the traditional very blue canvas. To me, again, it was like, ah, oh, it looks like you forgot your PE kit and you had to borrow it from Lost Property. Yeah, it does look a bit a bit a bit too retro. Like they're going for something a bit sleeker a bit more modern in 96 yeah uh, and yeah it looks a bit uswa you know nwa <laughs> red white and blue in america you know yeah it's um some someone should have been fired for the presentation of this show but maybe but don't again, worry ma- lovely listener go on sorry i was gonna say maybe i'm just being overly overly critical because of you know after spending years of even though like monday night raw smackdown product is is terrible to watch like the rings, the approach, the like the little LED ring posts, all of that stuff. I'm, I'm probably just spoiled now by the fact that the ring is so seamlessly integrated into their their branding and their design. Seeing anything out of out of this, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, sure, I get it. Uh, but don't worry, it only gets better. Here's Leaf Cassidy. <laughs> Fuck, good old Leaf Cassidy in his stolen Marty Janetti ring gear. I'm about to say one half of the new rockers that's still here. <laughs> awesome theme music. What does everybody want? Marty Janetti. <laughs> yeah, not Al What Snow. did we get? Leif Cassidy. <laughs> so yeah, Leif Cassidy, Al Snow, if you didn't know. Uh, versus Flash Funk Tax. EC Dub. EC Dub. Not until February next year. But you know what I'm saying? This was his debut, wasn't it? I don't know, was it? They seem to be trying to get that over on the older commentary. It's the first time we've seen him. He's such a t- tremendous athlete. So it might be his uh, his first time on pay-per-view. Maybe I'm hideously wrong. Just, I'm reading between the, the lines, possibly, here. It could be. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, like there's, there's the thing with, I guess, the difference between like you know modern production levels and what we get in 96 is that a lot of it feels off the cuff. It's much more improv and stuff. And I, I genuinely much, much prefer that. We've talked about that at length on previous podcasts, obviously. But uh, there is this element of, 
<laughs> when you know exactly what's happening every step in terms of the production. At least it's very clear what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, maybe this is his debut, but it's not like they go, the debuting Flash Funk will be here tonight. <laughs> you know, it's just, here's Flash Funk. Good old Scorp, gotta love him. I uh, like that Vince and- loves this gimmick so much that he was like, Brodus Clay, here's your gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, Naomi, sure, Cameron, I've got, here's your I've gimmick. I've got a couple of those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so two lovely ladies in sparkles head out and proceed to be touched up by the progressing children in the front row. It's They're a bit handsy, aren't they, mate? Hey, they pay their ticket price. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. And, and Flash Funk's here. Uh, Scorp dances with Vince. It's absolutely delightful. Vince goes to JR. Loosen up, JR. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but more <laughs> importantly, JR calls Vince... The leader of the WWF tax. Ooh. Interesting. Because this is something that they started to kind of do at WrestleMania 12 and the Raw afterwards we watched. But it was kind of like almost still a hidden secret that Vince was in control. Like it was just kind of being unveiled. But like JR, as the pay-per-view starts, is like, oh, look at the leader of the WWF doing his silly dancing. And you're like, oh, okay jr thank you for telling us uh, was this is this important which are we gonna have some interesting narrative revolving around this soon jr good old jr <laughs> plopping things in and it's nice to see his doppelganger in the doppelganger in the aw crowd this week as well so that was nice for jr i didn't spot this there was like a jr like lookalike wearing like a, a soon as um top on a cowboy hat and they cut to oh. him and jr saw it in the morning and went wait a minute <laughs> on commentary <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. But uh, all this is very interesting. But do you know what's the most important thing here? There's a match going on. <laughs> no, 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 it's not the match. It's all about what Flash Funk is wearing. Oh, well, obviously the Beverly's attire. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Flash <laughs> Funk is wearing purple tights with silver stars on it. And I'm like, oh, he's wearing the Beverly's gear. <laughs> I tell you what, I and and I I did think about this uh, leading up to it. If I get to do what I want to do in July, I'm going to pre-order and get myself doppelganger Beverly's gear to wrestle in. I, I, when, you, when you order it, order me a pair as well, okay? Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to just wear them in the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> You never know, mate. You never know. Full kit wanker <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> I'm also Dax Williams. I'm, you're my tag team partner. We've got no, episode no, 100 to record around. at some point. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, Flash Funk, Naomi and Cameron do some gyrating and two-step funkiness <laughs> while Al Snow has a, a nap or something. It takes forever and he's just not there. I don't know what happened. It's, it's this match was fucking awful like terrible communication uh, wait 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 wait. it's it, it has moments where it's interesting i think you're being it's very 96. kind it's 96 all right let's quickly run through it there's lock up flash does a dance and you're like uh okay hey, <laughs> entertainment i guess nothing wrong with doing a lock up and doing a dance mate i made my money <laughs> off that on wednesday night <laughs> Vince tells us the free-for-all was earlier in Rocky 1. We're like, okay, get, focus on the match, Vince. Uh, Flash trying to pop the crowd by interacting with them a lot. Gets a bit steamboaty at times. Do some arm drags and scorp flips and all that sort of stuff. 
it gets super duper botchy during the middle. This was, I mean, this is ECW in a few, <laughs> in about six months' time. Well, you're not wrong. Um, there is one thing I always bring up, like particularly about this. Do you know Al Snow does the spot where he hugs your arms and then he kind of headbutts your chest? Yeah. I think that might be the, the spot I hate the most in pro wrestling. Now, as a, you know, let's, let's, let's put it how we are. We are wrestling fans. If someone did that to you in a real life fight, what would you be doing as they get ready to headbutt you in the chest as they nuzzle into your bosom? I'd probably just take my hands out <laughs> and punch them. I don't know. Yeah. Or, if, or stamp on their feet. If your hands yeah, were genuinely, sure. um, or when they go to headbutt you, fucking crack them on the back of the head with your own head. There's just so much about it that I just like. Wait, what? Like I understand that repeat headbutts, okay? Like, is is a nice idea. Like the idea of someone headbutting you is brutally vicious, and you know, in pro wrestling headbutts have always felt a little bit janky. You know, you put the thumb on, you headbutt the thumb, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? And then like, wait, what? When- <laughs> Sorry. Shit. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong. No wonder why my head hurts when I do headbutts. But then, like, you know, the New Japan headbutt thing that they were doing for like a few years was horrible. Those clunk sounds you would hear. Yeah. They would just go skull to skull, like just whoa, absolutely horrific. And obviously the injuries, et cetera, et cetera, you know all about it. But to to shit on the headbutt by doing ten of them in a row, which achieves nothing while I don't know, like cuddling their wrists with your armpits. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? It looks so stupid. Welcome to July at the next show. <laughs> I'm going to add that with my Beverly's attire to my moveset. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, there's some like really, uh, to me at least, there were some fun moments in this match, but it's just goofy as fuck. There's like cartwheel before doing a kick, wiggly dance before doing a punch. They're doing like inverted power bombs, flat out like lie down power bombs, Brett ropes, springboard moonsaults, planches to the outside. Like they're doing masses high spots in '96 especially. But like fuck you main eventers, I guess. Like we're just gonna do everything in the opener. Yeah, going to the outside wasn't great in the opener. But I wonder if this at this time, because obviously if you're remembering that this time WCW started bringing the cruiserweights and would open with those cruiserweights, I wonder sure. if Vince or the production team were like. Go out there and do um, Mexican shit, and yeah, uh, maybe so, and, and and Scorp was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And Alison I was like, "I'll headbutt your tits." Yeah, it's it's it's, it's unfortunate because there's moments where I was like, "Wow, holy shit!" He just did that in '96. That's pretty nuts. But you think about what Ray and Psychosis and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera were doing out there, like Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero's. It, it's it's a different scale. Like Flash Funk is incredible. But he's so big that I think a lot of guys wouldn't work with him um, doing this style. And you can see Al Snow's willing to do the style, but it doesn't have the fluidity or the logic maybe that it requires to, like, to make it interesting. Um, to me, there's like a big moment where after Flash hits the 450 in 96, it's clean as fuck. And the winner is Flash Funk, by the way. I'm like, can we push this guy like it's quite impressive what he's doing and he's got a fun stupid gimmick which i know is not of the time because they're going for something more realistic more kind of soap opera-y as the product progresses but you kind of you have that bit in the head where like 
maybe this guy could be like an intercontinental or world champion. And then you go, oh, but it's racist Vince running the company. Of course he won't. It's it's more than that though. I I was thinking so my my notes there it says question. What would have the fan reaction been for uh for Flash Funk in modern times? Like you said, like he's doing some really innovative stuff. Like again, not the same comparison because obviously the the you know lucha style, the high flying, the flips have in, you know increased in technical ability like tenfold since nineteen ninety six, but. You look at someone like Flash Funk, who's got the skills and the charisma, and you look at today's wrestling where everyone's like, ah, Ricochet, he should be in the main event, he should be pushed to the moon. Ricochet has moves, he doesn't even have a character, whereas Flash Funk did. So if they were in, again, stupid hypothetical question, if they were in the same time period, especially the time period of social media, do you think people like Flash Funk, they would be like, ah, they're wasting him, he needs to go to AEW, he'll be a star there. It's it's really tricky in that <clears throat> I think the the character is very family friendly and you can see like you know some silly fans in the crowd having a dance like Flash Funk etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think it's important to have you know diversity in your higher end talent as well I think it's good for a representation etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's it's interesting to have someone like like Flash Funk who is a giant dude doing these lucha spots like Flash Funk's gigantic. He's not like Rey Mysterio. <laughs> He's doing 450s and shit, you know? Like, he towers above Al Snow. And Al Snow's a hefty dude, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting in that you can imagine, like, a Keith Lee pulling out a 450 or something, you know? He's not quite the size of Keith Lee, but he's getting there, to be totally honest. And the fact that this guy was doing, like, 450 leg drops and shit, you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, I find it difficult not to push the guy, but I think you'd have to develop the character more. I think it can't just be you're a guy in sparkles the dancers i don't think that's enough to be a main eventer in 96 97 WWE. yeah and if you're looking how they've even evolved the undertaker's character in the end of 1996 mm-hmm. you know he's a bit more human human a bit more as you said mainstream and realistic a character yeah. like flash funk who's just a dancer is again whilst it's a gimmick that flash funk owned brilliantly for the, the short period of time that he did it in wwf it is very much a Vince McMahon in his office, and he's like, "I've got a great idea for you. You're black, so you've got to dance to hip hop I mean, or funk." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that's all that character was when it could have been so much more. And again, you know, echoing exactly what you said about representation um, across the board, they could have utilized Flash Funk, but it doesn't matter because we'll get to the real person they're pushing because Vince McMahon can't push any but more than one sort of, you know race or creed or background at one guy other than white males we've already sure, got sure. our to- we've already got our token push as vince would probably <laughs> refer to it as before we move on uh you know one thought i was having as we were kind of discussing it was you know how farouk's building up this nation of domination group and currently it's full of weird white dudes and stuff and it eventually becomes nation of domination i'm sure we all adore um imagine if like flash was a part of that group but he was like the one that was like not as invested as everyone else. Exactly. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> he kind of like half cocks it as he lifts up the fist. And like, you know, he cares about the cause. And he's in, he's a part of the group. But he's just like, can we just like chill and have a nice time? Like, Does it with a spin. Yeah, exactly. 
It'd be so funny. I guess it would ruin the seriousness of that kind of soap opera culture. But yeah. I was thinking we are about the nation when... of domination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe it would undermine the serious nature of that course but whatever it's all good uh so anyway so there's a brilliant moment where uh, he hits the 450 and it's, it's really lovely jr goes shooting star press beautifully executed <laughs> he knows all the moves <laughs> absolutely man so uh what do you think about the match i mean like you said there, there were spots in it but i think the problem is as we see throughout this pay-per-view if it wasn't Flash Funk's debut, why the fuck are these two wrestling on a pay-per-view when we've got Austin versus Goldust that could have just been Why is Al Snow on the us? pay-per-view? Fucking hell, man. Well, he just didn't have enough head. I mean, <laughs> just just uh, so everyone else knows, you might be listening to this for the first time, for example. I, I've heard Al Snow basically say, oh no, that isn't how wrestling should be done about something. And say, oh, this is how wrestling should be done. And I fucking hate that attitude about pro wrestling. Where people are just like, no, there's only one way to do pro wrestling. I'm like, it's a fucking performance art. Of course, there's a billion different ways of doing it. So I have this like bitter anger with Al Snow. Um, I've never really liked his character. I've always thought he was a bit shit. I thought he was a bit of a spot guy. And then, yeah, I don't think he really understands wrestling like he portrays that he does. He trained Maven. How dare you? I mean, to prove my point, right? So, quick 1997 Royal Rumble ad. Oh, I it's love San a Rumble ad. It's, an, it's, it's in San Antonio, Texas, Sax, where they end up flogging tickets for about 20p by the week of the show. <laughs> Get the sellout. I mean, there are five <laughs> to 9,000 people in today's show. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, uh, I mean, that we'll obviously, we're going to be doing that show, so we'll, we'll talk about it later, I guess. Uh, so, WF World Tag Team Championship match next. On one side, we have the champions, Owen Hart Tax. What a legend. And the British Bulldog. Who's going to win whether he wants to or not. <laughs> He's bizarre. <laughs> With Clarence Mason, who's also here, apparently. And they are against... We are the nation of domination. <laughs> <laughs> and also a heart or something? I don't know. It's weird. We'll talk about it. They are against Diesel and Razor Ramon in 1996 tax in December. Well, that's okay. They're, gonna, they're still in Florida. They can make Nitro defend the tag belts against Meng and Barbarian. It's fine. <laughs> One looks an awful lot like a dentist. How can this be, Tax? What's happening? Good grief. I have no idea. But as I said, I've heard on good authority that Diesel has gone to train to be a dentist. Good lord. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, before we get into fake Razor and fake Diesel, right? Uh, JR's protest over the fans booing the fake gimmick lads is is weird. Like, JR is a heel yeah he but... bought them in yeah yeah J- yeah like so let's just break down this logic a little bit so jr's the good commentator <laughs> who gets to tell the stories and such because no one else remembers to it seems he's basically a baby face okay i oh, think not, that's fair to say not now not in 96 he's oh, not. Oh, oh, commentary he sounds like a fucking baby face uh, he's doing heel shit occasionally Brett this, take that. Like, he's not shitting on any of them, is he? Just can't be a heel commentator. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So he's not, a, let's just say he's not a heel on commentary. 
He's a tweener. <laughs> I hate that term, but okay, yeah, fair enough. That's why I said it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But he bought in Rick Bogner and Kane to, to do Diesel and Razor. Uh, which is no secret, by the way. Like, the people, when they talk about fake Razor and fake Diesel, they, they talk about how, like, you know, um, National Hall went off WCW, and they're just like, oh, we'll just replace them with different people. No, no, no. The gimmick is, look, we own these gimmicks that they can't have, so we've got these shitter guys <laughs> to come and do them. It's it's a comedy gimmick, right? Sin Cara, before Sin Cara was a thing. It kind of is, like, the way this is portrayed in documentaries and like shoots and stuff like that's not how it is at all like people portray this as if it's meant to be serious like oh you you don't notice the difference between you know rick bogner and fucking <laughs> skull which trust me there's quite the difference <laughs> but like that, that's just not it like this is a joke it's meant to be stupid right they lose all the fucking time main event players <laughs> <laughs> bloody 50 50 booking in wwf and jr on commentary is like why are these fans booing these silly fake characters we bought in? <laughs> look how good they are just the same spots he's wearing the same gear he's got the same music what are they complaining about it's it's just the strangest fucking logic of anything i just don't get it it makes no fucking sense bet it's a vince line to like shit on jr jr believes they're real <laughs> Do you think that's the gimmick that JR's genuinely meant to think that this is National Hall? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what because okay, that's because again he's always so over it. And even when he bought them back, oh, I've got the real Kevin. Na- I've got the real Diesel. I've got Razor Ramon. They're back. Okay. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind next time because I think that's nonsense. So, quickly, my personal opinion: Rick Bogner can't even do the Razor entrance properly. He's fucking awful. Kane, on the other hand, while being a bit of a dumb cunt in 2022, in 1996, quite a good diesel. <laughs> I, I feel it's almost like he's passing the torch when it was like, okay, Gallows, I was once, I once had to be fake Kevin Nash. Now oh, you've yeah, got to be fake Kane. <laughs> so I'll pass the torch. <laughs> Here's the shitty wig, you small person. <laughs> as, a fo- as opposed to. Do you not remember a couple of years ago when we got one of those Disciples of Apocalypse lads to be fake Undertaker? Oh, <laughs> Chains God. was a prick. <laughs> Race Wars, but yeah, okay. Um, so it's ridiculous before... when you put it like that, though. The WWE. whole thing is fucking ridiculous. No, Doppelgangers but... and WWF at but... this time is so stupid. But that's the thing. We've had a fake Diesel, <laughs> a fake Razor, a fake Undertaker, a fake Kane. So many Doink the Clowns. Yeah, true. Fucking like miniature versions fake, of all these wrestlers as well. The minis, <laughs> fake Sting. <laughs> yeah, true. They did that in those study, didn't they? Yeah, fucking hell. God, wrestling has fun in it. So uh, before the match, Bulldog uh, is backstage uh, with Owen, obviously, um, with Kevin Kelly, um, who is interv- interviewing the lads. Uh, also, Clarence Mason is also there for some fucking reason, who seems to be their manager, but doesn't ever fucking talk or do anything. Just need a manager coming out of that run in the 90s. Everyone had a manager because they need to know who were the heels and who were the Owen faces. Can't fucking talk, obviously. It's not just one of the greatest promos of that generation. Nope. We need Clarence Mason to sit there silent because, again, that's Vince's gimmick. We need to silence Clarence Mason. Yeah. We are the nation of 
silence. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so Bulldog is a shit promo, but Owen's fucking awesome. Kicked a leg out of a leg, obviously. Um, but this got me thinking as I'm watching this promo, all I can focus on is the fact that Kevin Kelly is really fucking good at his job, right? Yeah, great. Great interviewer, amazing commentator nowadays. The stuff he does for New Japan, the stuff he did for Ring of Honor, fucking outstanding. And that brings me to this question. Vince McMahon in 96 is sitting there going, all right, so we've got this Kevin Kelly guy. Who's this, who's this other bloke we're bringing in? Michael Cole? Okay, yeah, yeah. Which one do you want to be your commentator for the next like 30 years, Vince? Oh, yeah, Michael Cole. <laughs> what He's the a war fuck? correspondent from Iraq. He had Kevin Kelly sitting right there. And he's like, no, I want Michael Cole as my commentator. Fucking moron. But look at the, the sort of things that we, you have with JR and you have with a Kevin Kelly where they are actually more knowledgeable of the product than Vince McMahon. And they know where the wrestlers and the talent the respect story. it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They tell the story and they go and they do what is right for the wrestler. Whereas Michael Cole is a, a classic. Yes, Vince. Yes, Vince. Yes, Vince. Whatever you want, Vince. Yeah, exactly. Ah, it's disappointing, man. You would have thought, like, Vince is touted as, like, you know, this great decision maker and stuff. I guess he's probably not so much anymore, but in this time period, like, he made a lot of very good decisions, I would say. (laughs) Fake Razor and Fake Diesel in this match. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? And, ah, I just couldn't get over the fact that he chose Kevin Kelly. uh, Sorry, chose Michael Cole over Kevin Kelly. It's just fucking stupid. Uh, Kev suggests that Bulldog and Owen haven't been cohesive recently. Owen and Bulldog tell him, you're chatting shit, mate. <laughs> and eventually start discussing about Stone Cold, but away from the mic. And I'm like, very interesting turn here. Love, love the way they did this portrayal. I was more excited when Clarence shouted out, chat shit, chat shit, get banged. Chat shit, get banged, mate. We are the nation. <laughs> uh, gimmicks. Oh, it's great. This is good fun. <laughs> We're more entertaining than the show was. Oh, fuck. Well, certainly more entertaining than the tag match. And this is the thing, right? This tag match is for the tag straps. So at some point, Fake Razor and Fake Diesel must have won a match, supposedly. The does a run-in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, yeah. But you've got two sets of heels, even though Fake Diesel and Fake Razor are supposed to be there. And even Owen Hart, who wrestled his socks off in this match, must have been a bit like... And again, like we said, like Glenn Jacobs did a decent job of betraying Diesel, but sure. he certainly isn't as uh, certainly isn't as good in the ring as he was when he came back as Kane and went away, and obviously did a lot more character work. But mm-hmm. even poor Owen must be looking at this, going, "You better be paying me double tonight, Vince," because I tell you what, this match is going to be an absolute shit show. If I can pull like a two cornflake out of this one, you better thank me and pay me double. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, um, Owen is just so fucking good man like i know i've said it a million times but like there's a sign in the crowd that says like you know he's the best there is best there was or whatever like about owen rather than brett vince goes is that owen's mother-in-law <laughs> like <laughs> it's quite funny i don't know um the vince but the, buries clarence before the bell even fucking rings he does Lord, but the main thing for this match yep is the placement of our friends from over the border Dude, so the match is going on and <laughs> like you know kane's doing nash spots jr's ripping on wcw as you might expect oh they're old grandpas and their seats or whatever and uh tax 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 
Would you like to describe what happens as this match is happening? Well, the you know nothing that's important for what's coming up at Triple Mania Thirty. Kane starts, you know, starts off with Owen Hart, but we quickly get distracted by two wrestlers coming through the entrance. Vince says it's because they'll be in the Rumble. <laughs> it's two wrestlers from Triple A. Fuck yeah, it is. Young Both Psycho Clown and Cybernetico. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Who's the other guy? So I know it's Cibernetico, right? Is it Pariah or something? Is that how it's pronounced? He's certainly a social pariah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But all Uh, this made me uh, think of, which made me sad, is I know we mentioned I mentioned on a previous podcast that you know we saw Murder El Grande, our our boy Murder Clown, get unmasked at a previous AAA event. He's -hmm. been very quiet on social. He hasn't been on any AAA shows. I am hoping, hoping at Triple Mania 30, the 42nd Triple Mania, that we're going <laughs> to get our boy back. <laughs> I still can't bring myself to see him without the mask. No, 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 no. He couldn't see his face, but he better, he better come back as Murder Clown. I am not, I have, so. no, I am not. I'm disappointed, but just seeing and and I think the cybernetico <laughs> or, or a form of the cybernetico uh, lineage is is wrestling at Triple Mania at the end of this month. Yeah, sure is. There's, there's a bunch of them, I think. So, so I was going to say, uh, Bulldog is staring blankly at Boggs because you know new lad doing the razor gimmick, and maybe he's confused. But knowing Bulldog's history with drugs at this point, Bulldog sat there going, "Oh." Fucking ribbers. They tell me Scott and Kevin had left. <laughs> oh, they really got me. <laughs> and then the AAA lads just kind of go away. <laughs> it's very weird. Well, they came and Vince was like, yes, you could be in the Rumble. Thank fuck. We've got a pay-per-view money and we've got our booking for the next one. Yep. But this must they have been the start. Job. Of- they wore their t-shirts. They, they waved their hands around. That's good enough. This must have been the attempt like the first t- dipping the toe in of a another cross promotional there must have been like a mexican house show coming up that wwe sure. were struggling to sell tickets for or they were trying to endear themselves to our to the um the parade of urns and flags man while he was already alive mr <laughs> perez um they go through try- phases of it like there was rumbles and with triple a guys in the past wasn't that yeah but i think i think what you the one you might be thinking of would actually be the one we're about to cover in 97 Oh, is it the one where um, Thingamajig eliminates himself? Which it, one? Uh, oh God, um, what's his name? It's one of the higher ups. Oh, let's skip over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not think of it. Psycho clown. Yeah, he eliminated himself. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, so a minute passes after the AAA lads head to the back, and Austin does a run in to jump bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> they take out a camera in the process, which is quite fun. The refs and other officials out to drag Austin to the back. Not the last time we'll see them this evening, Tax. Mm, double duty. Jesus Christ. These officials come out maybe six times on this show. Like They repeat their spot endlessly. Like They've got one bit of narrative to do. It's some, Something's happening in the ring. We've kind of got a feud starting. Someone runs out to do something. Get the officials out to drag them to the back. It's it's by the time they do it in like the mains and stuff, you're just like, okay, all right, that's enough, boys. Get on with it, please. That's because it's Vince Russo time. Uh, is it in 96? He's around, it, isn't, isn't he? 
Yeah, definitely. He's like starting to get his like little grubby mitts on the product. You know, <sighs> I mean, it made me a wrestling fan. Not gonna lie. Yeah, attitude era. Let's not yeah. revisit it too much. Don't ruin the childhood. <laughs> well, are we revisiting it right now? Yeah, controversial. Ooh, well, that's one of the questions we said, which we'll get to at the end. Do you yeah. think the uh, the Brett and Sean at Mania 12, the Iron Man, was the start of the Ashley Dera? Let us know on our Twitter, at World of Rest Pod. Mm. It's very interesting. It's it's It feels like the Ashley Dera a lot of the time. It turns attitude-y when they start doing rude things on TV. I think 97 is going to be, yeah... Full, fully feeling like it's there's elements of it here, but we we've got like no boobs in the show, no blood, like none of that stuff. You know, what I mean, there's no weapons or anything really. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, Owen has a big comeback, bulldog hot tag. Vincent commentary goes, "These fans don't care which team wins this match." <laughs> I'm like, yes, they fucking do. They're cheering bulldog and Owen, but you don't want them to, so you're burying this on commentary. Vince. Yeah, and the heels getting the hot tag. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> Bulldog and Boggs are left in the ring. Power slam. Nope. Boggs escapes. Razor's edge. Nope. Owen with the spinning heel kick to Boggs. Bulldog rolls up Boggs because he's a fucking jobber. One, two, three. Your winners and still don't have world heavyweight tag team champions. Owen and Bulldog. Just don't have world tag team champions. It's not heavyweight, is it, really? What a fucking surprise Kevin Nash not taking a pin. Fuck me. Yeah, fuck you, Nash. <laughs> Get in the match. Fucking game. Yeah, nothing to see really in this match other than Triple A lads waving and uh, Owen Hart being fantastic at being a wrestler. Yeah, we are setting up um, Bulldog and Austin, it seems, which is yeah. quite fun. But isn't it amazing, though? Again, we've got a tag team title match and this match means fuck all. But again, it's the start of the attitude era. We're talking about storyline narrative. And as you said, Austin Bulldog is what I take out of this match. What I took out of Flash Funk and Leaf Cassidy was there was also a match. Four finnies, four finnies, four finnies. We are the nation. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking, we're taking this, this week's gimmick out of that match, which is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just, just to clarify, right? So on the last show, uh, Brett calls out Austin in his promo right yep while calling out sean because it's brett of course he did <laughs> but don't put well in sean, a i should say girly magazines yeah exactly but so so what austin and brett have had a feud or have we not got to that yet well we can't have got there yet because where are we going because we had pillman's got a gun i know that's already happened and now we've got bulldog and austin so I'm assuming we then have Owen and Austin, then Brett and Austin. Is that the method? Like, I that, guess we're going to find out. Yeah, that, that's that's the logic. Because obviously we know where we're getting at 13. I don't know the, the yeah, story between now and then. It's famous. But we've had no Brett and Austin at this point. Is that correct? Yeah, because it must be the first time they meet at the Mania. I imagined it was, but it just seemed weird that like Brett's whole thing was like, Oh, there's this guy that's had my name in his mouth, et cetera, et cetera. Like, the, the real focus is not on Sean, because Sean's got something else going on, obviously. And Sean don't want to work with Brett. <laughs> He's not going to put him over. Fuck that. Um, but, like, you know, it's, it's it's Austin that's the focus of Brett. And it's it's weird they didn't immediately go to that, you know? Like, I, I would have thought they'd have something a bit more subtle rather than just Austin and Brett just being like, oh, fuck these guys, you know? Yeah. My, I, will sh- I shall do some proper in-depth research ahead of next week's episode for this. 
because it's co- okay. the timelines are confusing me because obviously the gun i don't know if, did the gun definitely happen in 96 yeah yeah that's already happened that was about two three weeks before this so if austin's got a gun hmm sorry no, no, Pil- if, Pil- if pillman's got a gun yeah then the that really is attitude era yeah yeah to me like that's like full full fucking soap opera shit you know what i mean but also they got in a lot of trouble and had to backscale a lot from that sort of stuff because they don't do anything like that for a long time and the next house invasion is what triple h orton triple h orton yeah yeah it would have been, been. Yeah, the no, no, the there must have been another house invasion ahead of that. I don't, sure, I don't think so, dude. Unless there was like you know a Steph Taker Vince type thing. There's obviously you know the kidnappings and stuff, but that's all around the same time as like you know. Well, I guess it's a bit prior to uh, Triple H and uh, Orton. Whatever. Uh, brief Austin run in. Uh, what am I looking at? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you definitely didn't message me something massively inappropriate. <laughs> 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 But at least I've learned. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good job. Good God. job. Well done. Now I don't have to edit, which is delightful. Uh, brief Austin run in to smash Bulldog's knee. Owen doesn't immediately jump to Bulldog's aid tax. Well, should he be able to come and run to his aid? Based on. Ooh, it's amazing that that's where they're going with Brett and Aust- sorry, Austin and Owen. Yeah. I loved the on the replay of this bit where Austin jumps in, takes out Bulldog. Owen kind of looks at it and goes, oh, I better put down my slammy. <laughs> like very gently puts his prized possession on the apron and then goes to attend to Bulldog. But Austin's already gone by that point. It's like priorities. I've got a slammy. I've got to look after it. Got to tease the dissension that Kevin Kelly uh, picked up on. Of course, yeah. Again, Owen, just just the best worker, man. So so fucking good. Maybe only second to Brett in this promotion at this time. Yeah, I, t- I well, Sean. Yeah, Sean's up there. Sure. Yeah. Also, we've got Sid and Vader. What am I talking about anyway? So well, and also um, who we've got a promo with next. <laughs> so uh, the refs send Austin to the back again. We get the officials out. While Owen and Clarence, remember him? Yes, Clarence has been here the whole time. Did fuck we all. are the nation? <laughs> <laughs> they help Bulldog to the pack. So then we have a AOL WWF segment where they get to talk to the fans on on the what do they call it? The the internet highway. <laughs> the internet super highway. <laughs> this thing that like JR and Vince try to put over the internet is the funniest fucking Instead thing. Instead of in WWW, uh, ish.wwe.com. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So it's we are the nation of domination. Do, do, do. With Crush and two <laughs> white rappers. What the fuck? Good old Flavor Flav. Mate, it's so fucking Flavor Flav like... and Asher Roth all knocking around up there. Hey, look at you. So it's, it's so strange. And there's guys dressed like they're from the Nation of Islam, like the, the Black Power group at the time or whatever, on three computers, while Farouk Crush two white rappers stand there and go like yeah that's what i want to say to those fucking idiots on the internet <laughs> so funny and it lasts like five minutes they don't say anything they don't talk to the camera they're just yeah just there just just on the internet we don't even see what they're typing it's just the back of these computers it's 
they're hacking great. they're hacking bitcoin and they're starting to their their online propaganda campaign that's what they were doing <laughs> fruit was like i've heard of this internet um let's uh send messages about our our mission yeah let's get it online and spread it on on um on on the snapstagram and the the insta whatsapp what's it what's sure. it called get the rock in here he's good with the socials <laughs> what what were you doing on the internet in 96 googling Gillian anderson <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, AOLing uh Gillian I thought you were Googling yourself and you know, yeah, sure. Anyway, Vince is in the ring. We'll be we cut back to ring. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you long pause. Who is he gonna bring out? Is it the Undertaker? Is it Austin? Is it a jump from WCW? Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> Do you want to describe this? <laughs> Ahmed Johnson. Like he's he's like Steiner levels of interview. So he comes out. He's still relatively hot. Like there's there's a good reaction to him. So he's obviously been off of the first of his many multiple injuries. Mm. And what's uh, his injury? It's, he's injured a kidney, isn't he? Yeah, why not? <laughs> but the interview like the first yeah. line for one of his uh Oh, classic Ahmed Johnson stuff about his like having issues with Farouk. He's <laughs> like, he gonna feel Ahmed Johnson through his face. My life been Such over. A- <laughs> <laughs> Great line. <laughs> I love that. Like we're setting up Farouk versus Ahmed because I know what happens. Right, we get to see Farouk kill a motherfucker. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Ahmed says he's lost everything since his injury. Did you write down what he's lost? I mean, it's like the generation game. He lost his cuddly <laughs> toy. He lost his what? He's lost his girlfriend. He lost his money. He lost his car. He's an independent contractor. It's not our fucking problem. <laughs> he lost a washing and tumble dryer combo. He lost a washing machine. Oh, he lost a Stenner so stairlift funny. and a Breville donut maker. He is a dog shit promo. He then goes on to tell us that ah, oh, my life was over a long time ago, and I'm like zombie Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll be on DCW soon. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Uh, do you want to carry on with this segment? Please do. Oh, fucking hell. Then, it, obviously, uh, Ahmed does incoherent babbling, and then a uh, Farouk and the Nation interrupt. Um, yeah. The Nation, uh, a PG-13, I would say, the Nation. Uh, sure, 70% white boys, yeah. It's and it's weird. like, they're going to meet at the Rumble. And they're going to get you, there. Did you notice who was standing behind Farouk? Was that only Crush? Uh, no, no. There was um, a, a man in a, a light suit that happened to be in the last match as well. <laughs> Clarence Mason? Clarence Mason's here. <laughs> Just standing there in silent, doing nothing, not moving, not working. He's just there getting paid, you know? Double duty. Yeah, triple duty, I think. How many times have you been on the show so far? It's, it's hard, most hardworking man in, in the in there, and again, <laughs> oh, brilliant! Bloody... I'm really interested to see where Clarence Makers Mason goes in this story, because he's the star as far as I'm concerned. He's in every fucking segment. Well, he's in the Nation of Domination. He's confused by um by his allegiances to Farouk's. Like, what are you doing with them, Owen and Bulldog? Mm. Well, I'm managing them, Clarence. Why are you with? them what's different about them and us oh that's right <laughs> they've got the tag straps you fucking idiot clarence 
Get on AOL Fucking now. <laughs> Get on this computer. Do my bidding. Send, send me an email. Uh, uh, how many cues in Farouk? Shut up, Clarence. <laughs> That's a great but, line. How many cues in Farouk again? <laughs> at Farouk at AOL.com's gone. Do you want Farouk 1996? <laughs> just, just call me Farouk 96. I haven't got time to write the other two numbers. I'm a very busy man. Oh, no, I put, it with three, I put it with three cues. Sorry, Farouk, but I've created the email now and I've set your password. <coughs> do you do password hashing, Farouk? What the fuck's password hashing? fucking genius mate (sighs) (laughs) so but anyway that was more fun than this promo (laughs) Farouk drops a couple of lines here like I don't know how much you get these references do you know what an Uncle Tom is no no I'm 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 a white middle class man I don't understand Uh, this stuff okay so an Uncle Tom is like uh oh Jesus God it goes back to the days of like slavery in America and such Uncle Tom would be the the black guy that would work in the house for the white people who would, you know, maintain the lesser black people, if you will. Fucking hell. And so it's like, it's a real fucking insult. You hear boxes and stuff throw that line out, you're a fucking Uncle Tom. And like, it's taken very fucking seriously, as you might imagine. Jesus Christ. So yeah, it's, it's like, Farouk is like full fucking shooting here like this is if you know the references they're fucked up man and he quotes malcolm x by going by any means necessary and you're like oh it's gonna kill him it's gonna be awesome because i think genuinely there's some reality here there's a lot of heat between farouk and ahmed because farouk and shoots and stuff is talk about ahmed was not a safe worker hurt some of his friends and stuff so uh, farouk was like oh, i'm gonna kill him then <laughs> so i look forward to that do not mess with Ron Simmons. But yeah, the rumble's going to be fun if these two are going to beat the shit out of each Well, if Farouk's going to beat the shit out of the Pearl River Plunge Boy. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't that what um, uh, um, T.L. Hopper's finishing move was? The Pearl River Plunger? <laughs> and they just changed it. Yay, plumbing gimmick. Oh, <laughs> I popped. It's fine. So Farouk and his white boys throw up the fist. Wah! Sorry. <laughs> Acknowledge me. <laughs> Clarence Mason um, says, I'll do it, call it acknowledge me Farouk at AOL.com. Is that alright? <laughs> How many cues again? <laughs> I mean, what a segment, mate. We start Farouk and Ahmed Johnson, because you know, yeah, why not? And just to answer that, how many cues in Farouk? One for cute. <laughs> oh, That's what that. Farouk would say. Spelt <laughs> with a cute? Yep, cute. C U T Q U at AOL.com. Oh, fucking hell. So uh, let's move on. Triple H is a middle class cunt. Uh, Mero is Jungle Boy video package. Uh, Sable stood up Triple H and joined up with Mark Mero. Slag. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, Triple H tricked Mero into trusting Mr. Perfect, referred to here as Kurt Henning, not Mr. Perfect. Interesting. As we um, as we mentioned, because uh, obviously this was covered in our last episode in our archive, where this all these shenanigans took place. So to get the backstory, go and listen to that episode at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. In this video package, they do a bit of retelling of history, though. Did you catch this bit at the end? Which, was it slightly out of order? Well, yeah, kind of. So they go uh, from that moment onwards where they're just like, oh, Triple H tricked Mero with Perfect. 
because obviously Mero trusted Perfect and Perfect turned on him. Uh, Mero um, is with Perfect by his side, wins the Intercontinental Strap from Gold Dust, and Mero thanks his best friend Sable. It's delightful, but it's a trap. Cut to last week's podcast. Triple H and Perfect screw over Mero. Also, Triple H- he can't be friend- best friends of a girl. Boys can't be friends of girls. They just fuck. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking stupid. Ninety six. Sure. Uh, so Triple H and per- uh, Perfect screw over Mero. So Triple H wins the Intercontinental Straps. That's where we stand, right? So on one side, we've got Perfect and Triple H who have fucked over Mero. Triple H is the IC champ. On the other side, we've got Mero and Sable who are now kind of like an item, but they're friends. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, friends with benefits. But in this promo, it then goes... Uh, what, what's the quote? Mr. Helmsley was in no need of assistance, so dismissed his less than perfect assistant. And they show Triple H taking out perfect with the case. Oh, uh, yeah. because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that happened before the match. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so what I think has happened is that I think perfect is gone. I don't think he's in the company anymore. No, because he's back in WCW. Exactly. And so they've just taken the footage that they used before the screw job where they pretended to, for Triple H to hurt Perfect. It wasn't real. Remember, they no-sold that shit. And then just put it at the end of this promo. Like, don't worry. Triple H killed him. He's gone to his home planet now. <laughs> it's like, what? It's retelling of history, dude. It's amazing in 1996 that Vince McMahon still had this cavalier attitude. of People don't remember what happened last week. Yeah. People don't watch WCW. Don't worry about it. They won't know. It's fine. <laughs> Ah, it's weird, man, the whole thing. So we've got a WF Intercontinental title match of Hunter Hearst Helmsley, posh middle-class cunt, Triple H, who's the current champion, versus Mark Merrow, wild man Mark Merrow, with Sable. I was quite looking forward to this. Two people who can work, an actual hmm. storyline going into it, the championship, the right championship on the line. Sure. So we get all the in-rings set fire to the front row, spooty promo, Catherine Wheel stuff, Mero. It's very impressive. We get a Milton Bradley Karate Fighters indoor blimp, which is lovely and fun. We still haven't had much Karate Fighters action. I'm disappointed. No, but I do love an indoor blimp. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a lot smaller than I remembered it being. That's what she said. Hey! <laughs> the bell rings and JR goes, they go nose to nose, so that gives Helmsley the advantage. <laughs> massive pop uh okay so in this match sable is at ringside and this is her contribution face manager spot 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 happens (laughs) spot happens wait when did sid come out bruh i couldn't watch the fucking match there's clapping like a single person clapping for 15 fucking minutes. And all I'm just going to say, amplify that by like 200 people, progress show. I mean, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> Sable is so fucking annoying. Like uh, there's, there's botches in this match. There's some really fun stuff. Sable's got the clap, man. She's absolutely got the clap. <laughs> Sable's got the clap. <laughs> every fucking two seconds yep sable's there in the background commentary is talking but all i can hear is this 
fucking clapping as the match is going on. I'm like, shut the fuck up! Stop clapping! All I really it's want... so annoying! All I really want to have happened now is that it actually wasn't on there and your daughter was just stood behind you clapping. <laughs> just taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, mocking you. And seeing you get more and more angry, so he did it more and more. Oh, fucking hell, mate. Oh. I mean, so it must be like Triple H must be getting annoyed at this thing because he grabs Sable and puts her in hard way. It's like, fuck you, bitch. Stop it. <laughs> and even then, in whilst he was holding her, don't do it, Mark. Yeah, clap, clap, clap. clap I've also literally way. put that in just to fuck up your editing. You're like, Why did we put claps in? <laughs> what have we got to oh, cut? It's fine, it's fine. <sighs> anyway, I've now vented my anger. What did you think about this match? Like you, I had a lot of hope for the match i wasn't as annoyed by sables clapping because you know it's what can you do as a face manager outside of that hit the side of the ring apron maybe shut the fuck up for a second i don't know but hey right or wrong it's supposed to be the wrestlers who are you talking who have we spoken about the last few minutes in this this match Mm. Sable bomb, and also some sit- cunt distracting from the wrestlers in the ring. Is that a good thing? And I'd sit there, and I'd sit there, and I'd go, "Hmm, if I were Mark Merrow, would I ever go, hey Brock? Uh, yeah, I went there before you.' Yeah, mm. <laughs> I mean that'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, to be fair, Sable ninety six at this point. Oh my lord, yeah, absolutely. Ba bomb. Vince tells us there are a few times that there were satellite transmission problems, but there doesn't seem to be much of an issue with what we saw, apart from one gigantic edit, which I'm pretty sure was where there was a botch, because they do the Frankensteiner out the corner, which is fucking awesome. And then they're in the crowd having a snack. (laughs) I mean, essentially, yeah. It's like they sell it, they go down, and then suddenly they're selling it again. You're like, hang on. Why just flipped out of that? Is that what happened? There's like it's a gigantic edit, man. It's glaring. Like there's literally like it goes from what looks like um a normal cell into what could be the end of that selling, but there's like three seconds in between that you could have just cut and it would have looked really smooth. Like I don't know what's happened here, but it's the edit's fucking awful. The double double down. Yeah, weird. Uh quick question. How is the inverted atomic drop a legal maneuver? Because you're really aiming for the cock six, not the cock. You're kneeing a guy in the balls. You're kneeing him in the cock six. (laughs) Vince literally goes, oh, that's a legal maneuver. And I'm like, why? I've always thought this. Like, the atomic drop kind of makes sense. Because it's like the guy's ass, cock six, whatever, falling onto your knee. The inverted one, you're literally dropping a dude's ball sack onto your knee. Yeah, you know, it's the old classic coccyx and balls. <laughs> it's nonsense. It makes no fucking sense. So yeah, you can do that in July, right? Yeah, I'm doing the headbutts, the classic atomic drop into the inverted atomic drop, and then the dick flip. If you add a pump handle slam into this, you're going to hit every mark of every wrestling move I've ever hated. <laughs> mm, I, even I won't go as far as doing a pump handle slam. That's how, <laughs> I'm, I'd have to do a front bump off that. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> You have to remember to hump their butt with your hand on it first. Remember like Road Dog used to do? I mean, that that would be right up Tax Williams Alley, considering that when someone went over like a, a rear waist lock, that I did the old bum wiggle <laughs> into well, it on Wednesday. That, that's silly fun. Like, um, what's the classic British guy who I'm thinking of that would do shit like that? 
Uh, Tax Williams. <laughs> <laughs> modest, very modest. <laughs> the last, classic, classic the last great. Sport ta- oh, um, go. oh, he had a documentary on the network. The flamboyant yes. chap, uh, Pink Feather Boa. Oh my yep. god, uh, Adrian Street. There you go. There That's you a go. very Adrian Street type spot, right? Bombing someone. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretending to like fuck someone in the ass while you've got their hand on their balls, you know. I I don't know about that. But whatever. Bulldog. Uh, Bulldog? That's the wrong one. That's the wrong dog. Road dog. <laughs> it's just always been a bit of shit, isn't it? Road right? dog. <laughs> Can you imagine Bulldog doing it? Why didn't why didn't we have Bulldog versus Road Dog in a kennel from hell match? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's great reasons. Many, many reasons. <laughs> So, as I said, Frankenstein are out the corner. Awful editing. Triple H kicks out of Mero's 180 turnaround on the top turnbuckle. Do a moonsault. Oh, Just you mean a sparkle moonsault. splash? <laughs> 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 All right. So, Mero's up top with his front to the ring. He turns 180, risking falling off the turnbuckle, and then does a backflip. Okay. What's the difference between that and just doing a backflip? He went up the ropes the wrong way and forgot. I do that every time I watch it. I'm like, it's a bit pointless, really, isn't it? But like, it looks fun, I guess. It looks fun. <laughs> do you know what really beat this man? This really fun move. <laughs> I mean, if we start getting into the logistics of like high flying maneuvers, I guess it's all nonsense, really. I mean, again, in fairness, I managed to pull a gentleman across the ring with an invisible lasso. I'm not really one to judge. <laughs> <laughs> but we're taking the dick flip back, so that's good. Yeah, reclaiming it, everyone. Um, it's okay to do dick flips in 2022, as yeah, long as absolutely. you're not a fucking prick. Fucking A. So Six you're Scarlet, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Couldn't help it. Uh, Goldie runs out. Goldust clocks Mero. Aiming for Triple H? Question mark? Ooh, question mark. Mm, question mark Mero. <laughs> hey, delightful. Uh, and then he turns around after clocking Mero and makes sure he gets Triple H as well because, you know, they've had a bit of a feud and stuff. Yeah. But Baby L goes to count everyone out, but Mero at the last second rolls back in. So your winner via count out is Mark Mero. Sabrel celebrates doing more fucking clapping. And they're like, wait, do you get what's just happened? And she's like, yeah, we won. <laughs> but that's it. Got the victory. And in fairness to WWE here, been a long time since there's been a count out victory for the face champion in a, uh, in a title match. And again, it shows by any means necessary and also starts putting that little seed, planting that seed of the, he's not a gallant face wrestler who's staying to fight the course. He will make shortcuts to better himself. Mm. So it's already started planting the seed, probably completely accidental for the Mero Sable run we're going to get into in 97. Sure. But yeah, I was again disappointed. The afters are fighting down the entrance ramp with Goldie and uh, Triple H. It's like, nah. I think at this stage as well, other than the Ahmed Johnson humor promo, I was a bit like, ah, oh, fucking hell. It's lovely to see Owen. It's good to see Steve Austin come out and continue that storyline. But at this point, I was like, fuck me. This mm. is pretty pants show this at this time. Good oh, thing yeah. I know that I've got The Undertaker coming up in a little bit. I'm sure he'll save the show. I know you're kind of joking, but honestly, this this era Undertaker, I'm totally in for. Yeah, oh no, genuinely, like I, I, that was not meant in any form of sort of disdain. It was like okay. the Undertaker's up next. The Undertaker in '96 would be giving out banging matches, so at least I know he's yeah. 
He's come here. We saw the buried alive hand on the last episode we covered for the pod. And of course, he's up against a fantastic opponent in the Executioner. <laughs> but before we get to that, Tax, Doc Hendricks is backstage. It's Sid! <laughs> We get, re- <laughs> we get a replay of HBK attacking Sid. Uh, Brett also attacked HBK. Why were they at the Brett- pool? <laughs> yeah, fucking A. But while Brett had his back to Sid, Sid smashed Brett in the back. Boo for our baby face chap. Boo, Sid. What a heel. Baby- Is he a baby face? I'm not sure. Oh, I think he's supposed to be heel. Because him and HBK, hmm. HBK was That's the face was champion. But but we don't know what Brett is either, so it's 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 nicely confusing. Like it's interesting, it's intriguing, you know. Yeah, it makes you want to find out more. So that's what we're we're looking at here. But again, my favorite thing is always like Sid was just like creeping. It was like a really bad lurk who'd like do that really bad overacted tiptoe behind people, going he he he, I'm gonna yeah, get him. I love how uh, obviously Sid cuts his promo by going la, 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 la. wait where does it seem cut in time <laughs> Very essentially it's the same promo and then he finishes Indeed. it by going Sean be Jew <laughs> I'm like did he just say Sean's a Jew what's going on <laughs> I think he tried to say Sean I'm gonna beat you but it does sound like he says Sean be Jew I'm like all right good stuff Sean gets his yarmulke ready to do what Sid's told him to. It's like we're going for some fascist gimmick. I was like, what's happening? This is so confusing. This baby feels weird. Which leads us into, as you say, we've got more confusing matches. Yeah, The Undertaker versus The Executioner with Paul Bearer in an Armageddon rules match. Now, we only get to see half The Executioner's entrance because, you know, it's Terry Gordy in a gimp suit in 96. But Sean Mooney has a voiced over thing where they're like, oh, look, it's the taker, it's the executioner. There was a very live match. Executioner came out, hit taker, blah, 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 blah. Who gives a fuck? Uh, they also show Bat Taker, which is pretty awesome. I'm here for this taker, definitely. Yeah. I want more Bat Taker. Bat Taker is one of the most underrated things. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Taker did a whole falling from the ceiling, like Sting or whatever, in a awesome bat costume thing it's fucking so cool and he's like a proper goth now he's got like you know face paint and shit i get i guess what the words meant to use are makeup makeup the teardrop makeup oh he's murdered someone in bat prison he has indeed uh rules of the match there are no rules (laughs) well kind of i think there's too many rules if i'm totally honest there's no dq no count out you're like all right okay get it after a pinfall or submission, right? So, yeah, yeah, as wrestling usually goes, the defeated wrestler has a 10 count to resume the match. So, it's last man standing? No, no, no. After a pinfall or a submission, you then have the 10 count. You're like, and as it's Armageddon, Steven right. Tyler is powering out that power ballad as that spaceship heads for a meteor. Mm. Armageddon. Oh, what's the song? Don't want to close my eyes. Don't want to fall asleep because I'll crash into a fucking meteorite and can't avoid it. Well, I'm in a space rocket. (laughs) I don't want to miss one smile, but I'm going to get a great paycheck. Fucking A. That's a good song. (laughs) Movie's a bit shit, but that that song's fucking banging. You know, there's a, uh, a, a roller coaster in Euro Disney that's based off that movie. In 2022. Where everyone dies. (laughs) (laughs) 
not thought about that. It's not the Smiler (laughs) Alton Towers. (laughs) Oh, God. Those poor bastards, yeah. Uh, Big pop for Taker's entrance. Like, big pop. There's only like five to 9,000 people in the audience. (laughs) 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 We're still not sure. But um, yeah, yeah. Like, but they go. Taker's so over, man. Big time. I'd say probably not to be disrespectful to Brett. I think this is the biggest pop of the night. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, it, it's a shame they haven't done a good enough dye job on his hair, though, because he's looking a tad ginge, mate. It's amazing as well, even at this time, where everyone's going to WCW for loads more money, and they're like, Mark, we need you. We'll look after you. Oh, brilliant. Okay, Vince, who am I working with? Terry Gordy. You piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Isn't it? This is very much holding pattern for Taker. It's like, you're giving us these great Sean matches. We're going to give you more great Sean matches. No worries. But almost everything in between, like with the odd bit of Foley thrown in, the rest of it is, yee, in terms of opponents at least. Once we've got rid of fake Diesel, we've got a plan for you, Mark. Don't you worry. Yeah, you know that guy who was a dentist who's now fake Diesel? Well, look at this, these drawings we've got. Look, he's got a cape just like you. And we're going to let Paul Bearer <laughs> manage him. But to get through that, we really need you to look after Terry. Bruce has given him a job because we need to keep an eye on him. But all the other boys have said they're not going to work with him. And he can't work a proper wrestling match. So could you do this Steven Tyler tribute match? Oh, fucking hell. That's <sighs> fine. It's a bit weird, isn't it? So uh, the match starts uh, almost very, very quickly. Foley does a run in. It's almost like they're trying to uh, cover something up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Foley's running might be the most I've laughed at wrestling in quite a long time. (laughs) It's so fucking funny. So Taker's got the bats on the outside. He's pulling them up like he's going to fucking take Gordy and tombstone him on the concrete. Love that spot. Love that spot. I, I, I feel a bit weird when people take the mat and move it, right? The mats on the outside of the ring. Because it's like, why wouldn't everyone do that? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's, uh, either they're there or they're not almost is how I'd prefer it to be, but I get it. it well, it's Armageddon wants. rules. So obviously he can do sure. what he wants. But, but he, <laughs> I imagine doing that on the outside would be a DQ anyway, but uh, who really cares? Um, what should be in theory. Um, but then, so Foley runs down to ringside, obviously is legging it as fast as you fucking can because the spot's happening. He, he runs around the ring. Goes to chop block Taker, but trips up over the max that Taker's already roll up. And literally just bumps face first in front of Taker. Goes, what What happened? Did I hit him? <laughs> Realizes that he didn't. Gets up and just kind of hugs Taker's leg and goes, ah! <laughs> so funny. Foley's bump into nothing in this serious, like, oh, look, we're all gothy death dudes. Oh, it's so funny, man. And it just made me think, this and Titus O'Neil, this is what makes wrestling good. Fucking A. How this isn't more of a meme, I guess it was like too early to be meme material or whatever. Well, I think I know what we need to edit. And when I say we, I can do tax. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to edit for the pod. <laughs> Trust me, I already screen capped it. It's ready to go. It's good, man. <laughs> so we are down to Undertaker versus Gordian Foley. <laughs> Because of course we are. Uh, they head up to the in your house set. Foley goes through the front window. Lovely stuff. 
Foley goes through the front door. Lovely stuff. Taker and Gordy almost knock down the whole structure, but not quite. Bit shit. Security out. Security then come out once they head back to the ring to Mace <laughs> McFoley. Mace McFoley and put him in a straight jacket. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? It's no DQ. Gorilla's out there with all this security for the fourth time tonight, I think. Right, and they've got mace cards. They're spraying him in the face. They're like, fuck you. What are you doing? What? Yeah, when it's really bad, they took mace from retribution. They threw it in mankind's oh, eyes and they hey, put him in a straight jacket. Do you know he's called face now? Face? Yeah, they're going to call mace face. <laughs> fuck off. Because is this part of LA Knight's modeling agency? Yeah, yeah. They've literally changed his name to Face is the story. I'm just like, hey, what? You know what? I'm here for this. <laughs> oh, so stupid. I bloody love Face. So, Gordy and Oh, look, Taker. Face has just turned. <laughs> <laughs> but what if he's a heel, Tax? It's going to get so good. Oh, Face is such a heel. <laughs> Okay, so Gordy and Taker brawl through backstage and then to the outside. And what you'd imagine is going to happen is that this this venue, right, has like, it's up on like a pedestal almost, like a giant, like, uh, like how do you put it, like a pyramid almost? And the venue's at the top of that pyramid? Yeah. I like the, I, all I keep thinking of like a pyramid is like a casino in, um, in Vegas. And they went to the top of the casino and off they go. I mean... It kind of looks similar, I guess. It's like, you know, the typical LA type flashy bullshit, I don't know. But the, the point being that around the venue, there's like a moat. There's like a lake. Okay. Which <laughs> I'm like, probably not the best idea. So the, the spot is meant to go. Gordy and Taker goes outside the venue. Taker does whatever he does. And Gordy takes a bump into the water. And they're like, great, awesome, no worries. But obviously these cameras are wired because they can't get the camera up the steps. <laughs> <laughs> and so for about two minutes after taker and gordy have gone we're literally the camera is just focused on some steps <laughs> we're like oh these are very nice these concrete steps thank you so much and you can see the camera op is going i know i've got to get up there i can't what the fuck do i do so he's just holding the camera on this step and this door where they've gone through and you're like what is going on tax leaving it to the viewer's imagination I mean, <laughs> this is all we're doing now. <laughs> Interpretive wrestling. I don't know. Gordy's just done a hurricane rana. Oh, right into that oh, water. Into the moat. What a worker. Lowered the drawbridge. Yeah. Arrows are fired through <laughs> the murder holes as he walked across. And then they came back to the arena. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. So we come back to the arena. Security have got Foley in the straight jam and blah, 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 blah. Paul Bearer quite sensibly goes, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, too right. I have no idea. <laughs> And like, so Taker and Gordy are obviously like, okay, fuck it, we'll do the spot anyway. And so we cut back, we eventually have a camera outside, and all we see is Terry Gordy go, oh no, there's some water, and just fall in. <laughs> so stupid. We don't see Taker at all on the outside. Gordy, well, you know, supernatural. He went invisibles. Hey, it's such a fucking mess. And like, because they've got the camera out there they're like keep it on gordy keep it on gordy gordy doesn't sell it he immediately stands up and walks out the water we're like oh fuck it come back to the ring he's probably <laughs> like that's really fucking cold i'm getting out of that i'll get hypothermia <laughs> on an old boy oh it's so fucking it's such a mess take her back to ringside in seconds 
beats up Foley while Foley's in a straight jacket. I'm like, oh, what a face. Good job, Taker. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking so dumb. Executioner back of the ring like 30 seconds after taking a bump into a lake. And you're like, what's happening? Tombstone, one, two, three. Taker gets the fall. But the match isn't over. Ref counts to 10. Possibly <laughs> it's over. You're like, what the fuck? So stupid. That was 11 minutes of my life I will never get back. Not just on this <laughs> podcast, but in that actual match itself. It's one of the worst matches I've ever seen with two of my favorite wrestlers in Taker and Foley. <laughs> You've had two, two of my favorite wrestlers in Taker and Terry Gordy. Yeah, fucking A. I, I don't know what to say. This is yeah. one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever seen. And I've watched wrestling for, what, 30 years? We need to fucking Elmo this. <laughs> But, yeah. I mean, what was the point in this? The rules Elmo are this. I'm not talking about this anymore. <laughs> Let's Elmo <laughs> this. I'm... Enough. Let's move on. All right. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, right. I just want to say that Mick Foley, as a heel, got abused in this match. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> it's not that, good. In, in fairness, that was actually Vince backstage going, he tripped over. Get him out of the building. No, no. Vince, he's got a finished match. No, get him out of the building. Fucking oh, mace fucking him. And then get him out of my building. He tripped over. And then hugs Taker's leg. Oh, it's such a fucking mess. Doc Hendricks is backstage again. New new gene. New gene. New gene. (laughs) I was going to say, we're getting very mean gene WCW levels of Doc Hendricks does every fucking interview, but it is what it is. Uh, He is backstage with best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, Bret Hart. They go over the HBK Sid Bret stuff we talked about earlier. Brett entirely focused on shitting on Sean, even though he's just about to go into a match with Sid. For the belt, Doc- for the strap, for the strap. Yeah, and he doesn't give exactly. a shit. No, just talking about Sean, absolutely shitting on him. Doc interrupts Brett and makes him talk about Sid. And even then, Brett gets a dig in on Sean before he starts talking about Sid. And while Brett is still talking, ah, ah, I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. And you can hear Sean's music playing. And Brett's like, Fuck this! <laughs> Fuck that guy! Fuck you! Fuck everything! So good! What great bit of storytelling. Yeah, really. And But this is the thing. Right, so we're now, what are we? Um, eight months. No, that's I maybe over that. We're like, no, we would be eight months. We're eight months removed from Mania. And this yeah, is still this is December, so. the storyline that we've got. We've still got the animosity. We've still got the digs at each other because obviously they're doing the great job of selling this of the, this is going to be three months time. This is mania. And they're starting to bubble it. This The pot is starting to simmer. We're not going to reach boiling point like we do in WWE these days. It's the slow simmer. Yeah. It does feel like no matter how much Sean and Vince don't want Brett in the main event, Brett's going to be in that main event no matter what. And I know that was always the plan is to have uh, Brett and Sean at WrestleMania 13. I mean, no, <laughs> well, we'll see. But like, it, it does feel like every step of the journey, Vince is going, oh yeah, but but do this first. But but just, what about this? What about this little feud you could do? You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. Yeah, tiding them over to get there. Mm, yeah. So uh, yeah, Brett is full on complaining about Sean like being the priority here and getting his music as Vince is, as Brett's still talking. Brett is insistent that he will just finish this promo. It's like 20, 30 seconds and we cut back to the arena sean's already at the ring in black shirt black jeans sunglasses doesn't give a fuck gets the full entrance pyro everything to do commentary fucking brit rest 
<laughs> for your main event of the evening, the WWF World Heavyweight Championship match of Psycho Sid, our current champion, versus Bret Hart. Tax, spell Psycho. Um, S-Y-C-H-O. <laughs> yeah, well played. Uh, literally, Sean says anything. Vince is like, oh, thank you, Sean. Oh, you're so good, Sean. Oh, I love you, Sean. It, it's, it's a bit weird. He's playing up his top baby face because, you know, they're starting to turn Brett heel. They need to have mm. Sean over to the audience as the number one baby face. I always say it's excessive at times with Vince and Brett Sean. It's 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 you can you you know you had this um like shoots where Brett's like, I don't get why Vince loved Sean so much. Like this is really the first time for me it's been very evident. Vince is like, No, no, this is our guy. Yeah, and he doesn't hide it. And no, I think again that's it. possibly why Brett is genuinely Obviously, yeah, as you said in these shoots, it's like I don't understand why I did it. I'm busting my tail for him, and I'm I've carried the company. But at the same time, from a Vince standpoint, he was probably like, right, Brett's gone for six months. Show me what you could do as a champion. And every single thing other than Vader, he knocked out the park. And even then, you could see how much sway he's got because it was supposed to be Sean and Vader. Mm-hmm. And Sean's got so much political clout, he dropped the belt to his mate. And he doesn't even have to work the show that he was supposed to be resting Vader on. Yeah, fucking A. It, it's, it's a strange scenario to be in. It's nice to see, like, this is really the reality of what these guys have talked about. Like, you can see from Sean's opinion. Like, Sean on commentary is an absolute cunt during this match at times. I, I, I've got a few quotes that will run through in a second. But, like, he's just shitting on Brett endlessly. Even when he's kind of like faux complimenting Brett, saying, oh, if he locks in the sharpshooter, he'll get there. He'll also go, yeah, but he uses the same game plan every single match, doesn't he? You know, like really shitting on Brett's style, which I did not like at all. This this kind of got to me at times. Very, very personal. And, but he's got a live mic. And with yeah. all the autonomy to be able to do it, because Vince, like, as you said, oh, Sean, Sean can do no wrong. And Sean very much in the stage of do now ask forgiveness later. And it and it does in fairness, for what the plan is, it started to build the blurring the lines between storyline and reality between these two. But at the same time, like you said, from a wrestling standpoint, why are people going to pay their seventy dollars for Mania thirteen? If Sean is basically saying, my opponent uses the same game plan every match, every single Bret Hart yep. match is the same. 100%. Why would they pay to watch the same Bret Hart match? So whilst, again, I agree that he should be allowed to have his creative freedom to build his feud, he's doing it at the detriment to his opponent. And then technically, as they always teach you at wrestling and when you're doing promos and training, you always put over your opponent because if you make them look stupid, when you beat them, what have you overcome? And that's the thing here, which is irking me a little bit with Sean. It's like, he's burying Brett. So if he beats him, it's a nothing win. Literally, a couple of quotes, quick ones. Uh, Sean calls Brett a bitter old man and past his prime. And just the more he talks, the more it gets closer and closer to just straight out shooting. And it's, it's like Sean can't stop himself. 
like there's bits right at the beginning of the match where he's sarcastically going oh look it's the high and mighty bret hart hail the hitman i can't even hang with him anymore and like it's it's it just touches a nerve every single time like if this is meant to be our babyface champ why is he such a little moany bitch you know and that's Shawn Michaels at this stage, isn't it? He is sure. self-centered. He is at this stage of his career out for only himself. He wants He's to such make... a natural heel. And also, more importantly, if he's going to have to do the favor in return to Brett at Mania, why are you talking someone to look like an absolute piece of shit for them then to beat you? Because then you've been beaten by this worthless sack of old shit. Yeah, exactly even weirder here when sid comes out he gets a face pop and starts fist bumping the fans but like you know <laughs> sorry sid looks about as wet as terry gordy did at the end of his match <laughs> it reminds me always whenever i see like a soaking wet wrestler is like the cm punk follow-up on art of wrestling a podcast with cabana and they're like yeah we opened up the email we crashed um we crashed like the soundcloud but the most, well, the most popularly asked question when we opened up that inbox was, "Why are the shields so wet?" HBK <laughs> 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 calls Sid the most expensive bit of luggage because he needs to be carried by people. Are you like what, <laughs> dude? You're not like saying, "Oh, he's a bad person." Oh, look how big a meanie is. You're saying, "I had to carry this cunt in every match." Look what Brett's having to do. And he's on a big salary. That's why we couldn't afford Luger anymore. Fucking so <laughs> shit. HBK is like meant to be a face. He's such a little cunt. Uh, Sid turns his back on Brett. And Brett jumps Sid before the bell. Boo. What a nasty heel. But turnabout is fair play tax. Because Sid did that to Brett earlier. Yes. But as a man who now wrestles in churches, you should always turn the other cheek. And that's what <laughs> I did to Antler Dash. Turn the other dick? I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> Just my butt cheek. So, I, I think I sound like a bit like I'm complaining about all this storytelling right now because it is a little odd. But again, I'm invested. I'm interested to see how this will end up. Who's going to have mercy on their opponent? Are they going to just be vicious and mean to each other? Is one person going to be the good guy? Are they going to take the low road, the high road? Will Sean be able to resist getting involved in this match where he obviously detests these two people in the ring? It's, it's, it's genuinely intriguing. Like, I'm into it. It's, I would just, Mike, Mike, I like wrestling where I know who I'm meant to be cheering for and I want to cheer for that person. And I don't necessarily have that here if I'm a fan paying attention to the storylines you know like i'm obviously sitting here like a big brett mark whatever that's that's fine but if sean's meant to be the guy you've got to tell me why i need to back him you know yeah but i agree with you the fact is that the five minutes leading up to brett jumping sid has done more for regrettably the brett and sean feud than it has for the brett sid feud it's only when he jumps sid it's like oh yeah they've got beef as well yeah, there there is no yeah, other storyline that WWE is running on this pay per view other than Brett versus Sean, which is at times a detriment to the card. Yeah, absolutely. So, just going to roll through a, a few bits quickly. Uh, <laughs> Sean calls Sid too stupid to beat Brett. <clears throat> fucking hell! And the ring is rattling around like crazy. Did you notice that during this match? Oh, it's f- really fucking annoying. I think Wicked would be fucking fuming, mate. 
he'd be under there with WD forty. Yeah, fucking a man. Be like, uh, get Brett- the cameras off. <laughs> Well, I'm not even sure they're transmitting at this point, considering what uh, Vince was saying earlier. But who knows? Oh, fuck, thank fuck for that. So, uh, to continue this whole is Brad a heel, is he a face, what are they doing here? Plus, he's getting face pops. The fans love him. He's got, like, you know, he attacks Sid from behind, but technically it's kind of okay because Sid did it to him earlier, etc., etc. Not that that makes it okay, but you know what I mean. Um, Brett removes the turnbuckle pad during the match tax. Like quite Wait early a minute. in the match. What a dastardly heel. They're like, but isn't Sid meant to be the heel? This is bullshit. That's <laughs> fucking weird. Um, uh, that all being said, uh, Sid selling for Brett, it, it's, it's not like a theatrical, perfectly done performance. But it's a bloody good effort from the big man. Like he's really selling for the most of this match. For someone who's six foot nine and selling the evidently heel Brett in this section, because obviously he's yeah. removed the turnbuckle, taking a lot of the lot of the attacks. It's yeah, much better than I remembered. But I said still not as good as his like ninety four Sid Justice run. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Uh, he's still a very intimidating character. His promo is dog shit, and he can go in the ring. But yeah, it, it's like um, it's it's weird in that he sells very well, but then Brett will come over to kind of pick him up off the mat, and Sid will just stand up. And you're like, no, 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 no! Take your time, sell it. <laughs> like every moment can be a part of the narrative, like not just when you've been told it'll be part of the narrative. You know, the big wrestlers need to take more time to get up because if you're thinking like Brett was he six one. I don't know, to be honest, but yeah. But if like... he's six one, six one, and Sid is six foot nine, the height differential it means you're going to have to use even more strength. It's always a thing I always say to people who are coming to do commentary or do anything like that. It's like describe what is happening, which is why I always say to people: if you can do some wrestling training at some wrestling schools, even if you just want to be a commentator, because you know how the moves feel, yeah. and it's the same thing, like. If someone's in a headlock and they've taken you to the ground, that you've got to not only pick up your own body weight, you've got to pick up the the weight of your opponent and things like that. And it's mm. it's all stuff like that here where Sid getting up so quickly is like, well, it just makes Brett look like he's superhuman strong. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird. All that Sid isn't actually hurt. Yeah. So he's eating, yeah. he's doing the selling for no reason. He's playing yeah. possum. Exactly. So Sid catches Brett coming off the top, uh, off the top rope, not Brett's rope, weirdly. Uh, and Sid takes control with about 10 minutes left in the match. Uh, sorry, in the pay-per-view, not the match. Uh, they tease the sharpshooter. Brett bells to the outside. Austin, 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 with another run-in. Chop blocks Brett's knee. Bulldog and Trips Owen over the mat the on his way in. <laughs> As the, sec- the security officials whatever, are out again this evening, I think that's every match, apart from one, maybe, that they've had to come out to drag people off. Four, uh, four ref runouts, uh, four goals that Liverpool have scored against Manchester United this evening. Hey, let's go. <laughs> no one likes Man United. Uh, Bulldog and Owen out for the save. Brett hobbles his way back into the ring. Big sells by everyone here. Brett is selling this knee, this chop block by Austin, like it's death, like he's busted his knee. Uh, Sid looks confused, or does he? Who knows? <laughs> Uh, HBK shouting about how Sid should go after the knee. What a delightful baby face. Uh, Sid stomps Brett down, but Brett, but Sid doesn't attack Brett's knee. I'm like, 
Ooh. Who is the baby face? <laughs> Who is the heel? I'm so confused. Brett tries to run Sid into the exposed turnbuckle, but oh no. Sid goes down a bit too early, so Brett has to kind of like botch bump into the canvas, not the exposed turnbuckle. Brett makes Sid do the spot again because he's like, fucking get up, dickhead. <laughs> Brett bumps into the corner this time, hitting the exposed turnbuckle. It would have been a great moment if it wasn't for the silly botch. Uh, close pinfalls for Sid. He keeps, Brett keeps kicking out. Very babyface. Cactus clothesline. Both men fall to the outside in front of Shawn Michaels. And what happens, Dax? Well, Rich, they shake hands and they walk away nicely. <laughs> and that's it. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I, this, this is really where we're going to start getting into this. Degree. So obviously we've had the digs in the promos. We've had the digs in the commentary. And then, Rich, and then while we're outside, we've had all our runnings. We've had all our schmozzies. Schmozz, 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 schmozzies. Yeah, it's easy to say About 50 tonight. Sean gets pie-faced. So they pile up outside where Sid gets in, gets in pie-faces Sean. Sean gets on the apron and Sid <gasps> throws Bret Hart into him. What a dastly heel. And then... HBK's bump off the apron to the floor is beautiful. A long hair short, like, throwing it around and back bumping on the floor. Like, oh, it looks awesome. The lion's mane looks beautiful. Sean's cell in 96 is insane. But as Brett recoils backwards, Sid hits him with a still, to this day, nasty-looking powerbomb for the one, two, three, and... Sid retains the belt. He's heading into the Rumble as the champ. Yeah. But then you, but I was going to say, then you think we just go home. But no. Brett takes out Sean. Hockey style is what a lot of the reviews are referred to it as. Basically, he 100%. just fucking flies at him. It's awesome. Brett grabs the shirt, pulls it over Sean's head like a hockey fight, starts laying in uppercuts as hard as he fucking can. Like, it looks... I've never seen Brett like this. He's furious. It's like a fit of rage. He's beating the shit out of Sean. And like he's, he's not... Really he's, these are not work strikes. I think Brett's professional enough that, like, they're not landing, like, to the nose or anything. Oh, no, no. But when he's pulled but, the shirt over, the strikes to the back, he's, he's laying them in. He is working oh, snug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder whether Sean knew this was coming. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure don't look happy. <laughs> Part of me hopes not. Part of me hopes this is proper shoot stuff. Brett beat the fuck out of him. It was awesome. I was like, oh no. Look at his face. I mean, oh man. So good. So Sid stands tall with the strap. Sean is pissed off. Threatens to punch a fan in the front row. What a baby face, right? <laughs> Brett gets escorted out by the ever-present officials because they're everywhere, apparently. For, like, fuck it out. Like, every single match has had one of these fucking officials. A uh, few replays of the shenanigans at the end of the main event. Vince drops an unbelievable! Yes, Vince. Vince. JR. God, I love JR at this time period. Did Shawn Michaels cost Bret Hart the WWF title? Question mark, question mark, question mark. At the Royal Rumble, Psycho Sid will meet Shawn Michaels. Everything you need to know. 
Wait, can he do that, Joey? <laughs> Fucking Jake. Jim Ross is the best, man. And he really added to this. Like in the last last few shows, I have enjoyed King and Lawler. No, that's the same person. I have to enjoyed King and Vince <laughs> on commentary. But having JR as the third has, has really added to it, even though it's slightly heel, slightly face dynamic, but JR is there to tell the story. And based on, I mean, this pay-per-view was dog shit, but this finish, man, oh, it's, it's got me so excited for the next, the next step. It's so beautifully worked, man. It's just... Everything was so cohesive, apart from the bit where, you know, Sid bumps too early, so Sh- Brett can't take the bump in the exposed turnbuckle. Once they repeat that spot, why they didn't cut out the botch, I'll never fucking know. I'm happy they didn't. I like to see the thing, the real thing. But everything from that moment onwards is beautiful storytelling. And this is not SummerSlam. This is not WrestleMania. This is not even the fucking Royal Rumble. Give me bullshit. I want story. I want something to latch on to. I want intrigue, you know? They get they gave us that here so so well. So brilliantly done. No one gives a fuck about Sid as the champ. <laughs> That's a problem. But this is a real catalyst moment for Brett and Sean, it feels like. Like they've had the respectful match at WrestleMania. We've built through the last six to eight months, and now we're here. Brett's like, fuck you. <laughs> Just laying them in. It's great. Yeah, and, and also all the other corp, the, the other players who are surrounding this, you've got Bulldog and Owen, you've got Steve Austin. The fact that this is one of the best Sid matches I've seen, obviously it's no surprise he's working against Brett and his selling was good. He said a couple of clunky moments, but if I'm Sid, I'm like four years ago, I was wrestling fucking Hogan and now I get to do this. Yeah. I wonder where I'd rather be. Absolutely, man. So Shawn Michaels steals JR's headset and cuts a promo on Brett. But unfortunately, with many of the production issues tonight, we don't catch all of it. We only get the end bit. And you basically, all you hear is Shawn just ranting and raving, going, biggest jerk I've ever seen. You're a punk, something, something, something. I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. Like he is fucking shooting, bro. And again, that hint of realism. Yeah. Well, I said that hint of realism. That realism, <laughs> that that genuine hatred between two people. You yeah. know, if this was like one of the UFC hype videos, people would be like, this is the fucking best hype video of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And As so, I said though, it's a real shame it was such a dog shit pay-per-view. Yeah. It's it's has the, the narrative moment, which is obviously why we're covering it in our Brett versus Sean Rotor of Montreal screwjob, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's an important one to cover. And I wanted to see what Sid and Brett could do. And it's not awful. It's it's not a good match, but it was one of the better Sid matches, let's put it that way. You know it's, you you've said. hit you've hit a marker when you go, that match was better than I thought. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's Brett. So you expect a good match from Brett. But who fucking knew what Sid was capable of in 96, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, really not that awful. The show is is an absolute mess. There's some fun moments in it. I like this more than watching an episode of Raw in 2022. You know what this I mean? Is, this is still a two cornflake pay-per-view for me. Yeah. It's it's less than two hours, which doesn't give you enough time to really tell the stories. There's, it hasn't got, you know, Shawn Michaels wrestling. It doesn't have Steve Austin wrestling. There's run-ins for everything. It's the fucking Undertaker versus Foley and Gordy match. It's one of the stupidest fucking matches I've ever seen in my life. It's awful. But... You have the moment. It's much like when we were watching WCW around this time period. Like, the show is not that great, usually. 
But the NWO moment they give you at the end is fucking brilliant. Classic Vince. At this stage, yeah. it made me I mean, want to come back for more. Yeah, sure. Speaking of which, the pay-per-view literally ends by Vince going, have you got it? Oh, I haven't got the ending, no. Okay, Vince literally just goes, unbelievable, as we fade to black. It's like, yes, so good. Last thing you hear, first thing you hear, Vinny Mac. And we're out here. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a two, maybe three, if I'm being very generous, but it's, it's probably a two. But where are we heading next on our journey to Montreal? Next week, we are going to January 19th, 1997. We're into 97. We are going to do the Royal Rumble. Love a rumble. Sean and Sid in San Antonio, I think this one is. Now, interestingly, interestingly, there was a rumble I was watching around rumble time this year. And I can't remember 96 and 97 that I was watching. It probably, I think, is 96. Yeah, because Sean won it. And there's... Oh, no, because the AAA boys were in it. I'll keep quiet, because I tweeted something <laughs> out. And if it's the yeah. Rumble I think I watched, just the Rumble match I think I watched, something ridiculous happens in this Rumble that I'm like, that's that's not ridiculous. That's fucking stupid, which is mm. not even like a, a fun wrestling. But I love me a Rumble. Rumble 97. And we get Ahmed Johnson and Farouk killing each other, hopefully. So that'll be good. I mean, dude, the card looks really fun. I mean, we're opening with a triple A match. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm in. Oh, no, Even... those are dark. No way. I didn't realize those were dark. Shit. Boo. All, like the free for all matches are dark, aren't they? They're like on the uh, the pre show stuff. Yeah. Oh, fuck. We'll there's three triple A. There's two dark triple A and then a free for all triple A. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be awesome. But we don't get to watch it. Fuck. They'll all be in the Rumble. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Oh, we do have one six person tag. Which does look like it's all AAA guys. So yeah, Triple Mania, Royal Rumble. That's <laughs> what we live for. Where can people find you on social media and where can they find your excellent work? You Viewed by millions. Me. I mean, yeah, to be fair. At Fanboy Rich on the Twitter, where I do not have millions of followers. <laughs> but yeah, I, I work for us to talk because I think it's well known at this point. So go give us a sub or something. How about yourself? I'm at the Tex Williams on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I will be pending Lockhorn Wrestling Management's decision. We'll hopefully be at their shows on the 18th and 19th of June. But most importantly, I'll be wrestling at their July show back in Margate. I look forward to continuing mine and my good friend Van Wicked's reign because he is the champion of their promotion. And if he's representing the promotion, I represent him. Ah, it's good to be a heel face. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brett, calm down. (laughs) Hey, I refer to you as Brett. It's probably more of a wicked thing, really, but you know. All right, Clarence. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go off and see how Farouk spells his name. How many Qs? Oh, fucking great. All right, we'll see you next week for the Royal Rumble. Always the best pay-per-views. This one's a hell of a one for the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. If you don't know this show, you've never seen it before, lovely listener, do yourself a favor. Go go listen to a couple of shoot promos about the Royal Rumble 1997. It's very funny. Specifically, uh, I shouldn't say it because he's not like, I think he's cancelled now, but Jim Cornette fucking listen to Jim Cornette talk about the Rumble 97 is the best it's really (laughs) funny awesome we will see you all next week bye bye everyone
wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get And I don't pose too well for uh, girly books.